Hold <laughs> Recorded live. Hey guys, this is Out of Dark Descent of the Light, and we were just on here for several hours, and Dave started to talk about prayer, and immediately we got shut down. And mm. being the deep conspiracist that I am, of course I think that's a massive conspiracy. So now my phone is beeping, and I'm going to leave and see if I can charge it and come back, because it might be an anomaly. Maybe I can boost the battery. So you guys mm. can talk, and I'll leave. And um, if you have any problems with agents, like give me a call or something like that, but I'll, I'll kind of keep watching the chat room. But it's not a big priority because we already did the show, okay? Yeah. So go ahead. All right, bye. Well, hi there, Aldaria. Long time no here. Yeah, so um, I got a new kind of lexicon from the library, mm. and I found it very difficult to read. I uh, opened it up, and I said, oh, heck no, and I closed it, and I so I prayed, and I was like, you're going to have to help me. <laughs> um, I'm not going to be able to understand any of this, um, even with my in-depth knowledge. <laughs> so um, I prayed, and I was able to open it, and he was able to show me how this thing worked. And um, this particular kind, I'm used to another kind. This one is the um, hmm. has concordance numbers in it, but it's the Brown Driver Briggs Census Hebrew English Lexicon. Hmm. It's a little different than the one I had uh, grown up on, but it uh, has some really interesting notes in here. Um, especially like in the, when you first turn in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, uh, it just looks like a bunch of um, abbreviated words, Hebrew, um, different signs and numbers, and um, it, it's very, very confusing. Like, what is going on? So it has in the beginning a bunch of a dictionary of abbreviated words that um, it has gone through. So there's a, there's a way you have to read this. It's kind of similar to the other lexicon that I have, but it's way more difficult. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I found out, um, is that there is a word in here, and it's on page three. It says, uh, turn respect or honor. And uh, in here it says, Abbas, Peter, hmm. uh, Papa, Daddy. Pope. Yeah. It says Pope in here next to Abba. And um, it applies to the master. And I think that's funny that the Catholics, decided to name their head the Pope when it really also means the same thing as Abbas. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I thought that was a different. I was like, hmm. Oh, no man father. Mm-hmm. Going off in my mind. Uh, you know, I used to get worried about that. I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? What am I going to have my daughter call me? Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like... Oh, no, because the Bible says call no man father. So am I not supposed to call my dad dad anymore? Yeah, this is call no man um, Abba. Abba. Yeah. So, and that's like more of a spiritual term than actual genealogy, you know. So we have um, another cool thing that was really, that was cool that I found. It was mm-hmm. funny is that it was bookmarked by the by the librarian um, with my return date, which I probably will never make because I'm terrible at that. Oh, me too. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, so it yeah. has in here. It's a Strong's word two nine five nine. 
Mm-hmm. And it says, toil to be burdened. And um, it says in here also, in Arabic, it shows an Arabic word, and that also means to cast or throw or remove. Mm-hmm. So the, I thought that was the, the Lord spoke to me, and he showed me that not only within these within this Hebrew word that means to be burdened, to toil, like we were supposed to do in Genesis after sin, but that because of this, within the actual word, it actually shows you that you can cast this out, that you can throw and remove this. What's Isn't that, that awesome? What can we remove? To the burden, the toil, which was implemented by sin in Genesis. It shows here in the Arabic word that it's re- that it translates over to you can remove this. Wow! Come come this. to how they come come to me all that ye that have heavy burdens and I will he give you rest. The moisture, the clouds. That's one of the references it gives. Um, but I just thought that was really cool too. You know, there's lots of different things in here that um have been. Uh, you know, since the very beginning, I've been telling you things that have been mistranslated, but um, mm-hmm. it takes, you know, probably 100 years, if not more, to go through every single thing that you can find. You have to be- oh. believe that with all your heart, that things have been mistranslated, and then you have to go from there. And, like, the the core of the Bible is good. Don't get me wrong. Even if you took it at its almost literal translation, it would be good, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Just that the... For Babylon, Catholic Church, they have revised this Word of God through King James, and they did this, and they lost a lot of key aspects, which um, actually Mm -hmm. would take away people's fear. Mm -hmm. People have a lot of questions in their mind, you know what I mean? They're like, okay, am I ever going to be good enough? But at the same time, they're like, wait, so I can just get saved and do whatever I want? It's not, it's it's neither. So whenever you actually become saved, that pivotal point in your life, what you do afterwards is very, very important. Because if you do not do things that um, are Holy Spirit led, you can pretty much assure yourself that you're not truly saved and that God, the one true Yah, is not yours. Mm. That you're just giving lip service. Mm-hmm. And even though we do fall back into sin, it's important to realize that <clears throat> it's where your focus is. And whenever you do things, what you think about. Do you think about yourself? Do you think about, you know, gain? Do you think about your family? Do you think about God? And that's very, very important. It's the intent. And so one man's sin is not another man's sin. Because it, it, God takes ignorance into, um, into the aspect as well. Mm-hmm. So whenever it is worse for someone who does a sin and knows it's a sin, that's like spitting in God's face. But someone who sins, who is ignorant, that's still bad, but it's not as bad. And God gives those people more mercy, and he, he keeps urging you to read his word because that's what we're supposed to do. All we're supposed to do all day long is pray and read his word and ask God to speak to us through it and to speak to others as a vessel through him. That's it. That's our only purpose here. And anything else that you do is of you, and it's not of God. Hmm. Choose this, uh, Johnny said this before, choose this day which day, uh, which, 
who you will serve. Right. Like, how many people, you know, keep the Sabbath holy? Hmm. Like, none. Most people don't even know the Sabbath starts on Friday night. They're too busy getting drunk. Mm-hmm. And by Saturday afternoon, they probably just barely woke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and we talked about this earlier with, uh, with Dave, uh, that Pope's coming here, uh, Francis is coming here, he wants uh, to make, uh, not just national, but universally, he wants everybody to make it the law for people to worship uh, go uh, on sun- Sunday, they uh, they have a Dodge Ram commercial now that says, "Leave your Dodge Ram at home on Sunday and save it for Monday and worship the sun sun Sunday worship on Sunday." A Dodge well, Ram commercial. You worship the sun god. Oh yeah, it's on the Pope's staff. And then Dave, you know, he comes. Uh, he's he says, "Well, we can't really. There's really no evidence." Uh, how we could really prove that Saturday or Sunday is 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 the true Sabbath or not? Well, I mean, I'm saying that's besides the point. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if if we if we go and um, take heed um, to what the what Francis wants us to do when he comes here and makes it the law of the land uh, universally, uh, that. I mean, they already got Chick-fil-A, the, the the chicken place that closes its doors on Sunday. I mean, what chicken place closes? Their, KFC doesn't close on Sundays, but they close on Sundays. You know, I mean, that's weird. A chicken restaurant closing on a Sunday? Yeah, no, well, it's Well, they want to do it to promote their Christian values, which what they're doing yeah. is promoting the worship. programming and agenda. It's, it's fun Because worship. that's not Christian at all. Because a Christian denotes someone who follows Christ, and the person who follows Christ would read the Bible. They want to change everything. Sunday, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and they would know that the day starts when the moon rises, because it says that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mind blown! Like you know, it's amazing when you actually read something for yourself, and you don't just listen to your pastor, or your friend, or whatever, you actually read something and have a, and God speak to you, it's like this aha moment all day long. And you're like, mm-hmm. wow, how could I have lived in such ignorance my whole life? Really? You feel almost irritated and angry by it. You're like, I cannot believe I was tricked this whole time. And um, they'll keep, those, those spirits will keep sneaking back, whatever which ones you've picked up on. And I tell you what, there are some really good stronghold demons that have tried to sneak back in. Wow, they um, they yeah, they are they are tough. They'll get back in any which way they can. Um, they'll trick you and lie to you, make you think that you're hearing something whenever you're weak. And uh, yeah, they'll they'll play on it. You have to just remember to uh, check all of those spirits with the Bible, because once you stop um, checking the things you hear with how it aligns with the Bible, that's when you start getting um, misled because the demons can twist those scriptures into anything. But if you don't actually go back in there and reread it again with with God telling you what it means, then you can be really confused, honestly. You can twist anything for your own good. And I will tell you another, another revelation that God gave me. He said that the reason that um, pornography has been such a a big uh, staple, like a big uh, talk subject for my whole life, 
is because it's such a gateway. And I'll tell you what, my dad, he was obsessed with pornography, even though he mm. was a preacher. And it was undercover, low-key, but I'd always mm. catch him. God would always have me catch him. Mm. And it was very disturbing, very... Um, you were into pornography? My father was when I was little, oh. and I'd always catch him when he was little. When I was little, and um, I would see these things, and uh, it really disturbed me for a long time. I can't even tell you the number of occurrences that happened. Mm. But because of that, I got into pornography when I was really little. Mm. And um, because of that, I started to think that I was bisexual. And mm. I liked women. I even had a lesbian relationship. And... Um, I'm telling you this because it's it's super embarrassing, but at the same time, it's a revelation to everyone else to see like how far people can fall when their mind is. Twisted. No, that's what brings you into the light is embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like this is not comfortable for me to tell people this, but it has to be told because without this, God won't be able to share the witness of what really goes on. This pornography. He who hides his sin shall not prosper. Yeah, it's so strong. Let me tell you what. Just medically, whenever you're watching it, it opens up the dopamine receptor in your brain, and it doesn't close. And I so think it drains it. It drains it, doesn't it? Yeah, you feel like good for a really long time, and then because it's been open for so long, it doesn't know how to close on its own. Right. And so, so that and way, so when you, you do have, the real thing with your wife or your husband it or something, like it, when you do the real thing, it's like. It's not satisfying enough because right. it's not as exciting as what you saw. Because of the chemicals, it has nothing to do with what you saw. And it's thought. not. It's not. It's nothing like. Really... It's 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 oh oh it's just plain old missionary and it's not like all that uh all that crazy sexual position stuff that it's there yeah. But it starts there. It starts with that, and then it, it will it will get to a point where it'll either take you into a perversion of gay like a homosexual perversion. Mm-hmm. Or pedophilia perversion, or both. Um, mm-hmm. That's the path it leads to, and it sounds crazy because so many men watch porn and women too. But mm-hmm. that's what its its path is. It's grooming you little by little, desensitizing you. Well, because- you know, um, Johnny ta- talked about this once before. He said that their uh, Illuminati plan to have a sex church. Johnny, you still there? Yeah, they want everyone to be both male and female. This is their ideal future of the New World Order. Johnny? Everyone is not really human. They're yeah. made in a lab, and they are all have both male and female parts, and everyone's androgynous and has sex with each other, and there's no moral code. Johnny? That's what they want. Yes, absolutely. Johnny, are you still there? Yeah. Oh, do you, What do you know more do you, about that? About... What? The sex church. Oh, I just know what I've been told by uh, the guy named Pastor Harry Walter, whose <laughs> real name is supposed to be Richard Landis. We talked about how when the Antichrist comes on the world scene and people get the microchip, the 666 uh, marks the beast in their forehead or right hand, that along with it comes admittance or it's either along with it or to get it, you must do this. But it's going to be also involving some form of sex church where everybody's going to get naked, men with men, women with women, men with little girls, uh, men with animals, women with animals, uh, sex toys everywhere, drugs. And uh, it's just going to be totally debaucherous. And everybody's going to have sex, blood orgies, and uh, everybody's going to love it. But, um, you know. That's just, I've only heard that from him. There's a lot of movies that point to, not exactly that point, but 
to that genre. A lot of new movies that came out where they're injecting a pill or a shot into their neck, into their arm daily. The whole population is doing it. You can tell that it's a sterile population. Um, there was another movie that I saw it was kind of like that as well. They did the same thing. They took an injection, and they also did not have real mothers. But there was um, breeders that had babies. A Brave New World. A Brave New World. No, it's a new movie. Um, oh. Yeah, it's a brand new movie. And wow. they keep eating this topic, like, because they're trying, what it's called is predictive programming. What mm-hmm. they're doing is they're putting it inside of our subconscious enough to where when it happens, it's not as alarming and we're acceptant of it. So that's the reason they put that in the movies all the time. But yeah, they're, they're trying to come up with some sort of mind-altering, they're going to call it like the limitless drug, you know, where like you can just do whatever, you can be awful in knowledge, you can... Um, be a god of this world type of thing. But really what it's going to do is put people in a trance like they do when they watch TV. They'll be in a beta trance, and uh, they'll be hypersexualized, and um, they won't be able to to think for themselves. They'll be hypnotized by any frequency that comes their way. And if you know anything about frequency, they can be programmed to any megahertz, and they can say anything they want, along with the subliminal messages on the television and radio. So there's a lot of techniques they already have, and they've been using for like 50 years that have been very effective. Can you imagine with a drug that everyone's on? Mm-hmm. Johnny, um, uh, Dave says uh, to uh, message him on Facebook. He says we're doing a, a good, and he's just going to listen in for right now and charge his battery. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I think every uh, I, this is what I want to do is is just like have have it so that way people just call in and we just talk about anything on uh, on the show and uh, there'll be a news night you know. So speaking of news, Jade Helm was supposed to start in my city today. Wow. Um, I saw a lot of helicopters flying in. Um, they were going to Walmart locations. I can tell you that. There was a lot of um, military vehicles at Walmart. Hmm. And um, I had a dream last night. And the funny thing is, I could totally forgot about I, I mean, mean every time I set these shows up for people to call in that had dreams, I never get any callers. Yeah, you know? so this, last night, it was half prophetic and half, inter- and half interpretive dream. I can tell the difference between both because I've had them for so long. But um, I totally, this is the thing that was crazy. I totally forgot that today was supposed to be the starting day. Like, for two weeks now, I didn't even think about Jade Helm. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to bed. Well, before I went to bed, I have to be fair. I'll tell you what I watched before I went to bed. I um, I was watching um, the secret Mormon temple um, rituals. Um, you know, behind the veil, the Pele ale, all that stuff like that. And I was watching all of their secrets, and just really my mind was exploding. You know, as I was watching this visually, that, yes, they're exactly like the Masons, and, yes, it's like a Scottish rite ritual right in front of your face with the magic underwear to plate it. <clears throat> but, magic uh, underwear? Yeah, yes, they wear underwear, men and women, that go from their – it's pretty much like a shirt and really long, like, shorts, but they're white, and then they wear a white hat 
a girl wears a veil and a guy wears speaking, like a big Wow, hat. speaking of magic underwear, I see I, I see they get this. You know how they got an app for everything now? And oh, you know yeah. how, like, boyfriend and girlfriends really miss each other? And they and they have this, like, whole, well, well this, is, this is kind of like a... Really out there, rated R stuff or whatever. But they masturbate and stuff on on the phone while they're like talking to each other because they miss each other and stuff. But uh, now they have an app application now on on your on your phone now or, or whatever. And then um, you can you can hit the hit this app, turn it on, and then they got these special underwear for your lover where you can yeah you know what uh, yeah wow that's yeah. intense. Mhm. I don't think I have enough time for any of that even even with my husband. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they'll they'll find any way to get you your soul um, sucked out by the internet. But that's another thing they don't tell you. We were talking about probably like last year how our eyes are portals, right? So God was giving me some more insight, and He was telling me that um, not only that, but like when we're watching pornography, like it's like a soul tie all over again, like. The same thing as if you would have had sex with someone in person is the same thing if you masturbate and look into someone's eyes, like on pornography, that you connect with their soul through their eyes and that the elite know this. And so they're able, that's how the demons are able to sneak in. You're like, what am I doing? Like, I don't understand. Like, you just didn't break a soul tie with a woman that you really never really like had sex with in your mind. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, my dream. So my dream was uh, very weird. It was in my house, which I just moved into my house maybe like six, seven months ago. And I've never had a dream in my house yet. So this is the first one. So I'm in my house, and I'm in my front yard, and I look up into the sky, and there's all these pretty stars. Do you eat? Do do you put turmeric in any of your dishes? Do I put what? Do you put the spiced turmeric in any of your dishes? Yeah, turmeric. Yeah, I do. It's like okay, a, yeah, because that's supposed to clear clear the the um the thing that's in charge of creative thinking and elusive dreaming, the pineal gland or whatever. The, uh, uh, well, I don't have that too much, but I can tell you that if if uh my pineal gland's probably not too crusted over because I haven't had fluoride in like over fifteen years. Oh wow. Like I refuse it at the dentist. I don't wear it in my. I don't have it in my toothpaste, and I don't drink tap water. So I haven't had fluoride like at all. I I don't I I preferably like um, Layla. I do. When I was little, I knew it was bad for you. And they were shoving. Like, why are they putting in the water? Isn't that not safe? I would ask all these questions to my teachers, and like in second and third grade, and they were like, "No, it's good for your teeth." They put it in there because everyone's teeth are falling out in England, and they wanted us to have good teeth. And I was like, "That's a bunch of bullshit." I was like, "That's one thing." Why do they make you? Well, it makes uh, you submissive and do- it makes you docile. So I mean, why how is someone that's out docile? In the office if it's so good for you, why do they? Just uh, how is someone that's in? docile going to try to tell you that it's it's not bad for you? They're docile. It's not even that. They're just like. It's docile, but it's, like, hypnotized at the same time. I went to my friend's house. Her, like, it was almost like a bridal shower in a way, but they were just sitting around, like, drinking and eating food. And I had gotten off of work, and I hadn't seen her since high school. So I went over there to see her and say hi. And it was really, really awkward. You could tell that they all had a different spirit than me. We we did not intertwine. We were, like, oil and water. And, um... When they spoke, it was just like everything they said was just kind of like it was just awkward and weird. 
So, um, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I guess whenever you change, um, other people just don't change too, and then you just have to, like, let them go. But, uh, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. Mm -hmm. I was saying something. Yeah, I get that a lot too. Uh, Are you you seeing any movement in regards to Jade Helm in your area? Oh, yeah. Uh, The military airplanes and stuff. Shabbat Shalom, Mr. Kai. Hi. Is that that Eric John of mine? Who is it? Shabbat Shalom, Zaki. How are you? (laughs) It's actually actually Hoy. Not not Hi, but Hoy. Hoy. Hoy, Hoy, Hoy. Hoy, Hoy. How are you doing, Odelia? Good to hear your voice. I was listening to you. Oh, yes. It's been a long time. Uh, I'm waiting for Brian. Brian Elliott's supposed to come in. Oh, man. What state is he in? He's in Maryland or Delaware. Delaware. 302? 302-565? No, that doesn't help. He's in. He says he's in Delaware or Maryland, and he can hear us right now. Uh, and Thank you. Him. <laughs> what? Uh, finally. Hello, everybody. Hi, is this Brian? Shalom. Yes, it is. Shalom. Erica Delia. Shalom. How's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> Observing Welcome to Out of the days. Darkness into the Light, Full-Fledged Reality. <laughs> I'm ready. Real. So I guess it's good that I guys have you guys on the line so you can kind of listen to this dream, too. So as I was telling Channing, I, I was in my front yard. I look up to the sky, and I see the stars. And then one of the stars starts expanding, and I'm like, what is going on? All I have to do is breathe. <laughs> <laughs> So this star, like, shoots across the sky, and I'm like, okay, that was weird. And then another one shoots, and another one shoots, and I'm like, okay, it's bombs going off. And uh, you can see the bombs landing, and everything around me um, within, like, maybe 100 miles is exploding. And I'm really, really scared, but, like, just kind of, like, in shock at the same time. Um so that was like one part of my dream. It went on for a really long time and felt really realistic. I didn't even make the that happened last night. I didn't even make the um connection that today was the first day of Jade Helm until I talked to my friend Allie today. Right. They're looking for they're looking for terrorists. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that it's two days after Shavuot that they do this? Hmm. Two days after Pentecost on the creator's calendar that they do this. What's the significance of two days after that? Well, you know, Shavuot was the pretty much the Pentecost or Feast of Weeks where But I'm saying what's the significance the, uh, of two days after it? Why not do it right on it? I, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, why why do they do that two days after that? You know, I'm trying to look at the scale of things on the creator's calendar and what people are doing. I, everything's here. done for a reason. They they have to yeah, do there's exactly. a reason why it's two days from that. I'm just trying to gauge it compared to the Gregorian calendar, you know, the Greek Roman calendar versus the Creator's calendar. I'm just trying to make an observance. What what happened two days after the outpouring of the Spirit? You know, so we run the Scripture, and uh, I I haven't caught up with it yet, just because um, I've been 
caught up in getting things done in my life, so to speak, I thank you, Father, getting me into a home situation now. You know, um, that just, I'm still catching up with it, just trying to make an observation, put it out there. Anybody know what happened two days after the outpouring of the Spirit? No. 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 Just throwing it out there, you know, just seeing if anybody knows if that was anything significant. You know, we're waiting for the answer. <laughs> and I'm just saying, I, I don't, I don't have the answer. I was just asking if anybody noticed. If anybody no. knows. There has to be a reason behind it, though. But, but I'm sorry, I was know. distracted for a minute by my husband. What did you say, Eric? Well, no, it's two days after Shavuot that they're doing this Jade Helm exercise, but they've been preparing it for quite some time now. Why? I don't think it has anything to do day? with connection to that. It's because of numerology. Yeah, that there's a reason yeah. for it. Oh, January, February, know, But when we look at scriptures, when we see that there was the outpouring of the Spirit, 3,000 souls saved, you know, what happened two days after that? Did our Messiah come back and visit somebody? No. Did something happen significant in Scripture two days after the outpour- of the outpouring of the Spirit? You know, because the day Not after that I remember. Shavuot. Well, the day of, actually, today's the day after Shavuot. But, today's Shabbat. So today's actually yeah. Sabbath day, oh, and they're and, doing this yeah. exercise. Well, I've been meaning to exercise. ask you actually about that, Eric. So mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out with the calendar or whatever, because I know you're really into, like, the lunar thing, and I know you just believe in the Gregorian, which I do as well, but it's really hard to follow, so I don't really know where to start. So I just I just practice, practice the Sabbath on Friday night to Saturday, like every other Jewish person, until I, God can show me how I'm supposed to do this. So, But there's some contradictions within the actual math of the lunar calendar. I was reading online within uh, the different scriptures, I, I want to send you the uh, the link so you can make sense of it for me because it, that that whole thing kind of confuses me, to be honest with you. I I mean, I don't know how it confused me. I, I read Leviticus. I read up on the Bible study for it, and I prayed about it. I, I was led by the Spirit to come, come away. I rebuked the Mark of the Beast papacy calendar system, which is done by the Vatican. And that's no, but how, how do you count? Like, how would you, how would you count, like... Um, Without using, I don't know. It's I have the Hebrew calendar on my phone, but I'm just kind of confused. Yeah. Well, you have to count the new moon. You have to see the okay, time hold of the on, new moon. Okay, hold on. Yeah, it's all right, has to do with the new me. moon. It all starts on that. Okay. Okay. So on my calendar, what I have this is the Hebrew calendar for bought and soft. Is that is that a good one? The one that I sent the link to everybody is the World's Last Chance. Uh, dot com. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe I I don't have that one. I need to maybe do. Maybe that's why I'm getting confused. Yeah, I don't I don't go to anybody but World's Last Chance just because I know that that okay. organization is gone. Let me go look on that one. Maybe that's why I'm getting so confused because I I was I downloaded the only app that I could find, and it was the Hebrew calendar, and it really made me confused. It just made it look like yeah, it was like Friday and Saturday, and I was like okay. So because you see that, that was the was first organization. That I just wanted to say that I want to give them credit and Father credit for you know pointing me in that direction because I, I really prayed about being led towards his calendar and reading Leviticus, you, you get an understanding of how he talks about the Nisan and then you understand about from the beginning of the true beginning of the year where there's a new moon and then back to back two Sabbaths, which makes that a, a Shabbat, you know, a Shabbat a year. And this is, this happened to be actually a, a Shemitah year, you know, and it's, right. it's very important to understand a Shemitah year. You know, because the Shemitah year is a year that 
all kingdoms are supposed to forgive debt to everybody and start anew. And right. when, when that happens, when, you know, that, when that doesn't happen, the, the, the kingdoms go into turmoil and their economy just destroyed. Just like and whenever they passed that bill in the, in the um, Supreme the Court. Yeah. Yeah, when the, the day they chose to pass it, though, was just crazy. They they chose to do it on the 9th of Tammuz, and as you know, that's when the golden calf, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I just think that was just, like, so crazy, like, they picked well, that. And nobody paid attention to C-SPAN because they were, the, all the gates were being flooded with that fake hoax of a shooting in the church. Oh my gosh, that was so that was so silly. I couldn't even like. I was like, really? They could have did a better job with that. So this is the story. A guy walks in and prays with a with a bunch of black people for a, an hour and a half, and then decides to shoot up the church. I'm like, okay, that happened. And, Don't get me wrong. And Those with people a, did die. And but with a, that guy was that guy was an assassin. He was he was triggered in the middle of church to kill all those people. I mean, like, seriously, like, how many, like, articles do you need to know about mind control to know that's how it never it happened. It never happened. Right up the alley I with James it happened, but they, it, it just all triggered. No, Eric says it never happened. Because do you, think a, do you think a little scrawny kid like that or whatever could actually hold the 45? <laughs> if they no, have no. a them, yeah. The kid looked like Dumb and Dumber. But, but you, know how, of, you know how he, mind control works. They they actually use these children from 18 months old so they can separate their alter identities and insert Nephilim beings into their body. So they have multiple Okay, we got a serious conversation here. Like an avatar. They're got able a, to do whatever they want. We got a serious uh-huh. conversation here between people that believe it did happen and people that believe it didn't happen. I mean, the people that believe it didn't happen are considered conspiracy theorists. Now, Throw your weight on the table is uh, and, and prove it that it. Didn't I believe happen. it happened, but I believe it happened because it was planned. Exactly, that's what I think too. It, it's it's not a matter of it not happening. It happened, but it was supposed to happen. They planned it to happen. But nobody yeah, died. Absolutely. Is what Eric said. He was triggered in the middle of church. Okay. Yep. Number they, one. They number one. Eric, I'll take number one. Trigger to we, go we, off. We Pam. all we all watch oh. on TV and see fake shootings on these dramatic shows. And we all know about blood bags and fake guns that shoot fake rounds and people blood comes out of them and you right. know, come on folks. It, it come on, Hollywood. It happens hello. all the time. Yes it does. I'm not Look saying that. But what they're, right, what they're trying to do right now is ignite a racial war. That's their exactly. best tactic for martial law implementation is a racial war. Better, better yet. Better they started yet. off in the 90s with Project Sedwick. They started programming these Negroes and, and, and Hispanics since the 90s, even before that, but since the 90s, heavily with the uh, rap music and the hip-hop uh, music. They've been programming people this way in these cultures to be yeah. ghetto, to be ignorant, to be morons. There's a reason why there's a large populace. Yes, there's a reason why, and I'm, I'm going to say it, and I'll probably be looked down on it for, but there's a reason why people that are in a poor economic status are less 
intelligent as a whole than the people who live in a in a uh, midway to highway upper society. There's a reason. It's because they're programmed that way. It's not because they were born that way. It's because since they were very little, they've had TV blasted at their head, and they've had rap music blasted at their ears. And so that's all they know. And their mind works the way that Satan has programmed them to. Well, I heard that you can actually burn a Metallica CD. And little red demons will come out of that when you burn it in a fire, uh, a Metallica I mean, CD. If you can do that with a Metallica CD, why can't you do it with a rap CD? honestly. Eric, what were you going to say about Charleston? That uh, basically nobody has seen the dead bodies. Nobody saw the fatalities. They showed us pictures of whatever they wanted us to see. But nobody had seen any dead bodies, and they always saw were caskets. Nobody saw the bodies. You know, that's my thing is that nobody sees the bodies. Nobody knows about the test that was fielded by the federal government that day because there was a test scheduled in Charleston, South Carolina. Yes. That's yes. the weight on the table of evidence of, uh, against it. I believe that Charleston was a complete hoax. It was a it was uh, a media fueled frenzy to see how the public would react to martial But you law. see, you you people are considered crazy to to no. normal to normal people how, because how, how everything crazy. is everything is a hoax. There's nothing. How ever crazy true. is it when you can go on Facebook and check out that kid's Facebook page where he's friends with blacks? How crazy you know is what's that? What's funny about the whole right, thing here true. is like true. we are the ones who are not programmed, true. and they're looking at us like you know we're some kind of oddity or something, you know what I mean? It's like well, that's you're fine. Not that was that reality. was foretold thousands of years ago. I'm I am not like in shock mm-hmm. or in awe about that. I mean, mm-hmm. I am like well prepared for that facet. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, we need to be like realize we need to realize who we are really confronting here because it's hard when we are you know subjected to all these. Baseline, I'm sorry, but almost retarded individuals uh, all day long, mm-hmm. they cannot think for themselves. Um, it's hard to be able to look past that and see the plan, you know what I mean? We just need to make sure that uh, we keep positive and that we treat these people like children almost, that we just, you know, just keep giving them I'll chances. Just keep giving yeah, them chances we even, before before even, you know what I mean? Because there's even, nothing else. If you look, if, and this is the thing I tell folks, before you cast judgment and understand or try to make an observation of people, why don't you go live into that situation? Go, go homeless for a moment. Go into a shelter. Observe. Oh, I've been homeless. I've been homeless. My, I'm not my, talking about I've then. I'm talking about but, but nowadays, if you're in a homeless shelter, see what it's really about. Because half these people are very intelligent. I'll say three quarters of these people are very intelligent. But like you said, they've been conditioned to act a certain way. Because I've had very intelligent conversations with many a folk in here. The only thing is that they're oppressed by some spirits. I can see that definitely. They have Mm -hmm. an oppression about them. And when I talk to them, I I come to them in love because I love my my brothers and sisters. Now I have so much love that I I can't be angry towards anyone and I have compassion for them now. And whenever I can, I want to uplift my brothers and sisters that are out here and being oppressed. And let them know that, you know what? Our Messiah was homeless, too. He was homeless. I used to be a very angry person, and, um, and I didn't realize, you know, why it all was coming, Tom. 
I thought it might have just been my upbringing, my past, or the way I've been treated, but it's it's definitely demonic, and it, this it has left me ever since I've you know been awakened and, and found Christ. It, I think one of the biggest problems that society has is 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 um it's this uh, thing that Odelia was talking about earlier, uh, sex taken and uh, and done in the wrong context. Uh, yeah. Listen, you want to talk about sex conditioning? Look at Disney. We've all been infiltrated by the enemy with Disney. Oh, heck yeah. Disney has been a sexual propagator from the start, and it's been led by a 33-degree mason. There's that nothing wrong with But when you're watching The Lion King, and he's sitting on the top there in a moment that's playing the chords of the heart of both the parent and the child, and then he sits down and sees a smoke pile, and in that smoke pile, sex in that little dust frame. It's in the stars. <laughs> Yeah. It's being put into the imaging. The imagery is just right into our lamps, just like Odelia said. Right into the lamps, right into the subconscious, right into the mind. And we're propagated by sex, sex, sex out of wedlock because it's promulgated in the conditioning of what we're being shown. You know, step away from Disney. I mean, I look at the Disney, now I see Disney as 666. I can't get away from it. Yep. That's all I can see, too. Every time I look at the Disney sign, all I see is six six six. I can't see anything else. They said something pretty. It's like a six. That eye doesn't look like an eye. It looks like a six. Dave said something pretty interesting a while ago. Dave said something pretty interesting a while ago. He said mentioned something that the scriptures say something about how how a woman will be saved uh, out of giving birth. That has to do with the celestial system. Hmm. There's a particular planet that looks like um, in the solar system, it, uh, it's actually happening. It, like, circles and orbits, and it looks like it's coming out of a woman's, like, legs almost. Well, it's and, the constellations uh, that you're talking about. There's I will have to look that up as I remember reading about that, like, last year. Let me look it up for you real quick. Yeah, but, but isn't it that astro- yes. astrology where Christians are supposed to get involved with that? No. Astronomy is different than astrology, though, you have to understand. Astronomy no, no, is the study of the stars. This is just the way that the stars are orbiting, and it looks like a woman's giving birth. And, the and then below her birth, is a dragon. And the star that's coming out is a square star, which I believe is the New Jerusalem. But below her is a oh, dragon now. Did you hear about that's that big old thing. black square that came over the sky in Texas? Or I saw that. Is that real? That's Jerusalem. It's it, wow. Is that is because Sherry was saying that that's their fake Jerusalem or whatever, and it just it crashed or sizzled out or something. And it, she it's said, like "Way to go, anti-Jerusalem." Well, apparently it, it fizzled out or something, and it, and it crashed or something like that. Because I've heard of these cigar-shaped UFOs and stuff or whatever, and one went over Michigan and blew up. It was a it was a cigar-shaped UFO, and it was exactly where. Um, uh, Sherry was talking about uh, a while ago, and look at the star of Bethlehem that this it was came back gone. after two thousand years. And the cigar-shaped UFO blew up o- over in Michigan. It was a UFO blew up, cigar-shaped. My, this my one, thing is this: this is my thing about astronomy that is purported by so-called scientists. You know, a lot of these folks are playing along with the tomfoolery of NASA, and they don't tell a damn mm-hmm. truth at all. They are just a bunch of liars who are working for the enemy, and they want people to believe this stupid image of the world 
world, mind you, and the world in text and scriptures is meaning all the people, not the planet, not Earth. Earth is spoken of as Earth, not the world. A globular image is shown to everybody. I'm sorry, but I really have to say this. What image comes to your mind when, when a person says Earth? You can't tell me it's not that 1940 picture, that, that 40-year-old picture that, that has been propagated yeah. through everybody's mind, too. That's another mind conditioning, too. Because the not one person can say, you, nobody can say there's a video on YouTube that someone did, and I give them props because they shot a rocket up with a GoPro camera, and it disproves the, the entire globe Earth theory. It all starts with Genesis. How is people going to not going to understand Scripture and believe Scripture and then believe science of NASA? Well, that's what it's all about. It's about that's what evolution is about. It's to make you believe you're an animal. There is no God. That's what twerking is about. It's it's all just to debase you and to dehumanize you and separate you from that spirit and not let you see really what's going on. And you just think that you you are just some you know you know just some strange happening that it's you know from rocks and water you just formed and evolved into this thing and there you are and you're going to die and better make the best of it while you're here. I mean, anybody can walk outside and go, or if not, go into a higher peak, at least 100 feet up, or for that matter, you can even go to the beach, take a look at the sun when it rises. It's not even rising. It's coming into view. It's coming into your view, your vision. And there have been shots on YouTube of the sun with clouds behind the sun what is that telling you? If that's, what that's what Dave talks about. That's what Dave talks about. The clouds behind the sun is the clouds behind the moon. It's not even a million miles away. It's 33,000 miles away. The clouds behind the sun and the clouds behind the moon. That's, I, I, couldn't get, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure that out, and now I'm starting to try to figure it out. Okay, so since you mentioned that, uh, Eric, okay. about the clouds behind the sun and the moon, um, King James Version here says Job uh, 26.9, he holdeth back the face of his throne and spreadeth his cloud upon it. Yep. But if here, you guys check look this back out. Check this Admiral out. Bird. But check this out. This is this this is what he's. That's what King James says. He holdeth back the face of his throne and spreadeth his cloud upon it. This is what the NIV says, and I'm strongly against the NIV. But this is this is what it says right here for the NIV. Um, Even Isaiah tells us that he sits upon the circle of the earth. This is this is he what's sits the, upon the circle of the earth. And, you know, if he sits upon the circle of the earth, that's not telling me it's around the world. This is that's what NIV says. You know. NIV Job twenty six nine says he covers the face he cover listen to the full difference of, of that. He covers the face of the full moon, spreading his clouds over it. He brings darkness and he brings light, like Genesis tells us. He covers the the face of the full moon, spreading his clouds over it. Now, in my study of flat earth theory, because that brings about the whole concept of it, and of course we're going to be considered lunatic fringe talking about it, but I'm going to go beyond that and say, you know what? If people go to Antarctica and the South Pole, and they watch the way the sun reacts, you're going to get a, a good understanding of an elliptical orbit that's in the in the, in the form of a in the form of infinity. He holdeth back the face of his throne. He holdeth back the face of his throne and spreadeth his cloud upon it. 
his throne. So is this is saying the that the moon, is the moon is is the Heavenly Father's throne? No. No. The moon, I don't, you know, how long has the moon even been around the earth? I mean, has it? I don't, I don't. You cannot irrefutably prove that one. <laughs> What's this now? Psalms 11.4 says, in the King James Version, it says, The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. And there's three realms of heaven. Space is one of them. The firmament. Yeah. And the third heaven. That's the second heaven. And we're in the first heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Is the, the moon, air around us is the first heaven. Is the okay. moon the Father's throne? No. No, absolutely that's your, that's, not. That's your opinion. Well, I, I, that's and, what well, I believe. And, and if we talk about a white throne of judgment, and, and the moon and when, in front of everybody for judgment? And when we faked the, the – and, and when we supposedly went to the moon, although there's theories out there that we, we didn't go to the moon, and I believe it, uh, did, does that mean that man supposedly conquered the throne? No. You know what happened – Admiral Byrd, when he went down to the South Pole, he said, there's all these That's, riches down there to be had. They wish. And all these corporations, you know, they, they had all been down there having it. Nobody went down. He went down and he took the Navy down there and they declared it off limits. Nobody could go there. And after that, they shot a, a rocket or a missile, a bomb up into the atmosphere and blew it off. And it's probably out of frustration because – they can't get out. They haven't been to the moon. That's all a lie. <laughs> Truly, so be it. I, I mean, I, I see. You look at you look at these states. Even like when they're showing the International Space Station, these women have the hair that's permed up, sticking all up, all you know, hard, sticking up, you know. You don't think an operation like that that they would make these women shave their heads or something? No, they they're not going to let them go up there with all this big old raggedy hair sticking all over the place. It's 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 blue screen. It's all done underwater. It's it's all a big lie, and that's how that's how massive the deception is. I mean, I really believe that. I don't know if you guys believe that, but I, I'm. Fully behind it. I don't know about the flat Earth theory, but <laughs> you know, I believe, I I don't I, I seriously don't think we've been to the moon. You look at the look. I mean, wouldn't we have a lot more pictures of the Earth and everything if we had been? Wouldn't we have been back? I know. Why can't we get an HD picture of the Earth instead of going to space.com and seeing the continuous frame of a nice exactly. CGI image? Exactly. And no clouds moving, by the way. You can sit there and watch it. No clouds clouds move. (laughs) But no clouds move. They're trying to figure out now how to get out past the Van Allen belts. So you tell me that back in the 60s they sent a man and a tin can up through them? No. It didn't happen. It was all PSYOP. Capricorn (laughs) 1. Watch the movie Capricorn One, everybody. The great documentary. I heard, I heard about that. I, I do want to see that. I've heard of it. I mean, basically, they were supposed to go to Mars. This is just the gist of it, without ruining the entire plot of it. 
They were supposed to go to Mars, but then something happens, and, well, guess what the government has to do to these actors in order for them to, to, to cover up that they are having a, um, a Mars mission accident? You know, they, they do things, they have places, they've been to, you know, and originally JFK had to do that program in order to try and bankrupt Russia. It was a money game. And then once Russia figures it out, they step aboard the whole thing and they unify with us. And they share their test center with us. And they have these guys doing spacewalks, EVE spacewalks, in a giant pool with a green map. Exactly. I mean, there's bubbles, for God's sake. There's no bubbles in space. Right. If there was space, exactly. there would be no air bubbles. That's and why would you, you even need for that matter? Bubbles. <laughs> what, did you see the scuba tank? Yep. <laughs> The guy's dragging the scuba tank, tank back in the hatch door. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Fail. Fail. Yeah, right. Exactly. Whoops. I seen one, and I'm like, I'm like, how do they, it supposedly it was released in a bunch of material from the Freedom of Information Act, and it had, when they landed on the moon, like, it, the, uh, on the set, the lights fell down in the background. Has anybody ever seen that? And he was Better talking, and, and supposedly they're like, they're like trying to tell him, yeah, okay, um, there's no there's F in this or that, you know. 700 reels of video of tape, okay, that they had shot, mysteriously gone. Can't find them for the most monumental moment in mankind's history. Exactly. Wow. That documentation's gone. And it was visual. <laughs> There's no stars Can you hear me? in the background. Can you hear me? Yep. yep. Yes. Hello? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> All I can say is that if you really want to see something new that they purportedly did with the Red Bull high altitude jump, there's a okay. sequence where the gentleman is jumping out of the capsule, and he's getting up, and you will see the flat earth. Yeah, it's they're flat. going to use the fish, fish islands for the one scene inside there. Yep, you're right. That's why I tell people, really, you want to know if the world is round, take a look at that one shot. And they really quick to cut away from that shot. They messed up there. Yep, that was when he was inside the castle, right? Yep. Right as he was about to jump out. Yep. Then they cut away to the fisheye lens outside. You know, they, 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 you know, I can't believe anything that these people tell us about the stars or the moon. The only thing I can go by now is by the Ruach, the spirit. Led by the Spirit, I look at the I look at the moon, I look at the sun, and He tells me, "It's there for us. Ask and you shall receive." I think a lot of times we get too involved in this stuff, and it really it doesn't matter. I mean, I think you just gotta, you know, accept the fact that you know, Satan rules this world. Everything's evil. It's all corrupt, and your job is to just, you know. Praise the truth. God and and worship the Lord, and that's it. You know, you just gotta you know, pray and get through and try to help people and and you know do the best you can here and shine your light and not get so wrapped up in some of the. Um, so I mean, it's good to know. Don't get me wrong. I mean, everybody wants to know things, but uh, sometimes you know, you it's know, just we, a matter of fact that we've been all lied to, and if people love the truth, why are they going to continue to accept the lie? Well, people have been That's told that, and it's hard for them to think anything else. Now that they've, it, it, they're programmed. 
uh, they're automatically programmed to, uh, as soon as somebody says anything, conspiracy theorists, you're a kook, you're in that. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's automatic. And, and they think that they have free will and, you know, they're, you know, for open-minded and all this. They're not. They're being controlled. I mean, they don't see that. Yeah, I, I don't fault anybody. What's that, Eric? I don't fault them. I don't fault anybody that holds to those No, facts. I mean, I, I was there, too. I are you there. on in five minutes, Johnny? What's I'm that? here. Johnny, are you on in five minutes? No. I thought you were on the full-fledged. No. Also, I think... Did Odelia say bye? Because uh, she's not here. Oh. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what happened. But I thought, uh, you, I thought you said to me that you were on in, at 10 o'clock. My 10 o'clock. Oh, which is 11 o'clock. Uh, right? Yeah, it adjusts to the computer that you're using on the time zone, so yeah. But you're at 11 o'clock my time. Gotcha. Odelia. Um, Odelia? Is there a lawyer? Odelia. Uh, hello. Uh, oh, hey. Romero. Hi. Hey. Romero. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Um, um, so you're calling from, um, Russia, right? <laughs> uh, close. Where is it? Oh, California. Oh, California. Well, okay. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the nice certain state, well, one of the dead hell states. All right, so you said you had some critical uh, um, detail information on the tech of uh, Jade? Yeah, it's, um, it's more of a system type. has physics and in <clears throat> artificial intelligence. Yeah. And, uh, all the above. That's all the above, yeah. Yeah, artificial intelligence, geomapping, geolocation, uh, all sorts of stuff that could predict outcomes that supercomputers take millions of years, so taking a matter of seconds. Do you have any um, solutions? Well, to uh, take it down? I, I think at this point... Um, because, you know, it's a pretty challenging task, if you ask me, because, you know, I... I spent my college time saying about computers, networking, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this might have to be the most highly guarded system. I believe. Well, tell me what you know that others don't know about Jade. Well, those are parts of it. It's also, it also, believe it or not, connects to CERN. Okay. Like, you know, supposedly from some artificial consciousness type of sorts. Mm-hmm. Also, those, you know, as I said, geolocation, geomapping, artificial, artificial intelligence, you know, surveillance, and like, you know, this is pretty much, this is Walmart. Uh, Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Walmart, yeah, it's pretty much, uh, how do I say this, more creepier, dangerous than the NSA. It makes the NSA look, the NSA people look like... It's like Minority <laughs> Report, right? Yeah, on steroids. <laughs> I mean, a lot of steroids. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not, there's nothing funny to laugh about, but you know. What do you What do you notice going on in California? In con, uh, in conjunction with this. Mm-hmm. Jade, well, I saw this video 
I think was a night ago or I think a night ago that they were pulling in this weird type of equipment late at night or cops too escorting this truck, this large truck. I forgot what part of California it was, but they were escorting it. But yeah, there's, there's been a lot of movement. Tanks been seen reported some parts here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, not anywhere where I live, nothing yet, nothing odd, but you do hear a lot of planes. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little early yet. Types. Mm-hmm. Yes. Any questions, anybody? Any questions, anybody? Yes, in this nice round table we got. We're hearing your nice discussions. Anybody there? I'm anybody? here. Anybody? Can you hear me? Yeah. I'm here. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm here. Well, no, I kind of came across that, too, that um, they have a lot of Humvees and strikers that have the uh, computer equipment on top of them. Which is for their own um, their own intranet. See, so me, me being oh, part no. of the IT uh, workings, I understand that they have an emergency intranet that they're going to be utilizing. It's going to be separate from the internet for when that goes. Oh down. yeah, yeah. It goes into the online because it's TCP/IP protocol on it's connected, so it can be breached. Because you know we're talking technology, it can be hacked. Like I said earlier, it won't be easy. Yeah, I'm sure they have it pretty heavily guarded physically and digitally wise, so it will be pretty hard to knock it down. <laughs> They're so far advanced. We couldn't imagine the things that they really have. If you think about technology and computers and all, I just read something about um, it was this tonight when I was out to dinner. I just glanced at it. It had something about um uh, like an artificial reality, a computer they came up with, and they they believe that what it's it's doing is showing the demons <laughs> that are in that are actually here. It's it's like projecting them into the pictures. Has anybody seen anything on that? Uh, or it shows people and, and they have eyeballs on them and stuff. It, it's it's crazy looking. Kind of Oculus. It's, I don't. It wasn't ocular. It was called something else. Oh, I could probably look it up real quick. But I, as far as technology goes, we could, can't imagine really what they have. I think we all, in our DNA, we all emit a a, uh, a individual signal. They could probably track everybody just by the the signals that we give off. You don't need a phone. You don't yeah, need. You know, Isn't that amazing? Isn't that yeah. amazing? It's We're like our, from, D, our DNA plus our frequency. Yes, is, it's it's like a snowflake. Every single everybody one. has a individual frequency, and they can track. That's amazing. Them. Yep, they've tracked indigenous tribes who's never had any kind of Western contact whatsoever, and they can track them in the forest. It's it's called vibration. Um, the cells that we have in our bodies, atoms vibrate at a certain frequency. This is also goes into the light spectrum, which allows us to see things. No, it, it is sound. That. Sound is very important. Sound is very important. Well, that's and, how uh, the world came into being. By the words speaking it. Yeah, that's it. So be it. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, there pretty much, I mean, right what you want us uh, so far to say, I mean, 
they got cameras everywhere, and they could track you of your smartphone. I mean, they have a hidden, they have this chip, uh, GPS, as you guys were talking about. It could pretty much track you where you've been the entire time, to where you go, and where you, to where you go and stuff. Uh, cars, too. Uh, they have that type of technology. I mean, the fact they have internet, I mean, <laughs> kind of scary to think of. I know somebody could be sitting on their couch and hack, hack your car, and they could just take over it. <laughs> Well, that's probably just on a yeah, local the black police box. level. The black box. Mm-hmm. That's that's something big right there. I mean, I wonder if you took that out, if they would notice that at the like the uh, uh, for car inspection time, if you were getting in trouble or something. Hmm. Because they, you're right about that. They can, if they want to, if they really, if the Illuminati really, really don't like you, they can steer your car into another car. Pretty much. Light box in your car. Mm-hmm. Mostly for those new cars, though. It, no, it got it started getting installed in like late ninety or early ninety six or ninety late ninety seven or something. Ooh. Like that. Oh, the nineties. Oh, that's interesting. So this goes back, of course, and everything goes way back to the sixties, seventies. All this was applied. Artificial intelligence was already in a, and already being a. Developed back in the sixties, I believe. So yeah, you're you're right. Their technology does go their way ahead of us. What we have is nothing compared to what they have. Hmm. No. Well, yeah, you you just got. No, uh, uh, that's some through. serious stuff right there. Everything is remote now. I mean, like Diana got oh, on yeah. a while, uh, and she started talking about how you know how they got the uh, the the drip, um, the drip uh, thing at at when when they hook you up at, at the hospital and you lay in the bed and your arms hooked up to this IV drip thing where they can drip the uh, medicine into you, the morphine or whatever it is. Um, well, apparently the they, they can yeah. they can remotely um, do that from anywhere they want, where, wherever they are. And if they really really don't like you, they can have uh, a, a Freemason or Illuminati doctor uh, overload that stuff that's in 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 that sack into you, and bada bing, bada boom, you're a goner. Imagine what they can do if they chip you. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's chip or die. It's chip or die. How, how <laughs> many people come believe down? that that's the mark? The, 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 the chip is the mark of the beast, or is it something else? Who cares whether or not it's the mark of the beast? I'm so sick and tired of hearing. I, I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean, like, you know, what's it really matter? I mean, who wants to put a, a, a chip in their arm? I mean, I've it, heard it, Christians as people as, say it's not the mark of the beast. Just take it and go on with life. Oh my gosh! It doesn't matter if it is or it or it isn't. It doesn't matter. You don't take it regardless because it's a it, it's a permanent exactly. tracking device. And and it I have a news clip, an actual news clip that anybody can go to on YouTube where it says that <laughs> it can shock you if you if you get out of line. It, yep. it can shock right. you, and it's got a, a little cyanide yeah. compartment in it too that it can release cyanide into your body. If you just oh yeah, I've been applying jobs. Let me tell you, they they deny that totally. If you go to a medical professional that's starting to yeah. choose to utilize the brightest chip, then they will tell you the, oh, yeah. that technology is not possible. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, sure. 
It doesn't matter if it's the mark of the beast or not. They don't take it as the whole point here is because as soon as you put that chip into your arm or whatever, the the white blood cells are the warriors in your body, and they defend you from foreign enemies that enter into your body or viruses or whatever, and they attack right where where the... uh, the culprit, uh, en- where the enemy is. And so as soon as that that chip goes into your body, the white blood cells head straight to it, and they keep fighting at it and fighting at it, and there's nothing they can do. It's not a virus, but it's it's cancerous. Because they're not putting yeah. some sort of – they're not, not putting a chip in you that's not cancerous. Well, it's metal. But also, I've been hearing too. They can put a chip in you that is not cancerous, but they put a chip in you that is cancerous. I'm sure the Illuminati that that uh, the people, lots of people in the Congress right now are already chipped, and they, oh, yeah. you know, there are people that do have chips that aren't cancerous. Just like there, there's there's uh, there's rich people that are in the elite or whatever that have cell phones that don't emit radiation. You know. I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> okay, I found that thing I was talking about that, that supposedly projected demons. Look it up. It's called um, ANS, Artificial Neural Network Deep Dream. It's from Google. Hmm? What? Google? Remember I was talking about that they had this program where supposedly it looked like it was um, bringing in, like, the demonic the dimension into our reality. Well, over at CERN, they, they, people that were working there were dancing around uh, when they had this CERN going, and they started it up to open up these portals from another dimension to figure out what holds all the glue together in reality. It was a ritual. Uh, I mean, they were dancing around like Shiva. Yeah, I saw that. They were, they were dancing around like Shiva. They were possessed by Shiva from another dimension. Yeah, there are other 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 uh, deities out there, uh, and there there, but there is only one. There are other mighty ones out there, but there is only one mighty one, and that's the Father, the Creator. Yep. Thou shalt have no other mighty one that be. That's one of the commandments. Thou shalt have no, have no other mighty one set before my face. A face. Yeah, no God, no idol. No, thou shalt have no other mighty one set before everything can be an idol. And, and Messiah said that if you if you know me, then the Father's in you. And that's one of the big things right there is 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 the is the internet right now. I mean, I can't get off of it. I'm on it all the time or whatever. I mean, it it's like it's like I, I put this. Yeah, I put this post on my uh, my wall uh, for the cover. And it's a whole bunch of people on a on a on a subway, and they're all reading their newspapers. And at the top, it says, "All this technology is making us antisocial." Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. But, but right. you don't get it. All this technology is making us antisocial, and they're all reading newspapers. In other words, this has been taking place before technology even got on the scene. You know. If you go out to a restaurant, realize that you sit there and you see a table of people, everybody's on their phone. Instead of talking to each other, these people might might not have been around each other for weeks, months, years. But instead of interacting with each other and having that, you know, 
human interaction, they're sitting there still on their phone, you know, checking their Facebook accounts, seeing how many likes they got on their post. And it's ridiculous. Just the people are just so into themselves. And how much are they spending and breaking their breaking their hard-earned money that they that they work for? Uh, with their minimum wage jobs and their part-time work to to to, to keep up with the with their fashion ranks, uh, with their right. you know with their Nike and their and their Gap me, and their AirPods. Let me just throw something in there. Let me just throw something in here. I'm a, yeah. I'm in a shelter and and in the shelter there are homeless dudes with freaking Samsung sixes, bro. Wow. <laughs> I wow. mean seriously, to keep up with the trend and still homeless. But it's, trendy. Have a it's trendy. Yeah. Well, you got to know where your priorities are. <laughs> you got to know I'm where your priorities are. Yeah. <laughs> how, how is that? That you're homeless, you've got a Samsung 6. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, you know, got to have the best. Got to have the best. Everything else is garbage. Wow. And I've, noticed, how- I've, noticed, I've noticed some, um, uh, what's it, what is it called? Uh, People that are people that are Hello? narcissists. 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 They try to act like they're better than you, and and like you're you're always wrong and they're always right. And and narcissists will 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 tell you how you don't have your stuff together, but yet they don't have their stuff together. They'll tell you about how. You know, you need to get your money right and stuff, but yet they remortgaged their house like for the third time. You know, and that's the whole promulgation of social networking is to make people narcissists. Yep. The whole point of social networking is to do that is to make people narcissistic. But you tell a narcissist that they're a narcissist and they they won't believe you. They don't even understand what what you what what you what it is you're you're, you're saying. It's 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 all blib jibby blah. It's, I I know cuz I did that as a test myself. I did a social networking test. Uh by putting out there exactly what Facebook is about and the replies that I got were very few. <laughs> exactly. Right. Trolled away by the rest of the Facebook selfies, and uh... <laughs> no. But if you put a, a picture of a kitten playing with with a with a yarn ball, you'll get like a hundred likes. You know, you know? <laughs> a hundred thousand. I noticed that I can post something about <clears throat> something about God or something good. You know, something spiritual, and nobody will respond. But people want I their ears a, tickled. People want their eyes tickled. Yeah. If I post something, you, you know, a picture, a picture of my dinner or something, everybody's like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Throw, throw a bottle of beer picture on there. See how I'm having right. people going to go, oh, yes. <laughs> what time is it? You get thousands of likes. Put in one like, something, you get like millions of likes. Well, that's, that's what it's like. It's It's to take away... It's to distract. It's all a distraction. It's all to keep you, and, and even all these false flags and everything. It's to keep you from looking the other way, and the other way is God. You know they don't want they don't want you seeing that. They want you over here having fun, you know, watching sports and TV and taking their programming and doing all this. 
They don't want you to think about is there something more to this? What you know? What you know? There, our time here is so short, and people think that you know they have to accumulate all, and that and that's what makes them who they are. And it's sad to see people who value themselves by what they own. And yeah, like, I'm at really the point now. I just want to get rid of all my things. I just recently moved, and every thing I moved just tied me to this earth. And I just, I, I was just to the point where I don't want it no more. I don't want these things. I almost want to do like Kung Fu and just take and get rid of everything, strap a guitar on my back and start walking in my sandals, you know, and just go for a walkabout and just, you know, have faith that, you know, I'll be provided for. I mean, I'm to that point. I guess I got to put yeah. my yard sale. I had in the paper next week. <laughs> yeah, put a big yard sale sign. <laughs> you taking my stuff? You know that? Yeah, I'd be like, here, take my stuff. Here, yeah, you want to yeah. be tied to it. Here, you want to be slaved to it. Here, here, it's all yours. Take it, take it. <laughs> it it's terrible, you know, and everybody's just looking at the next thing, you know. It, it, you have a good phone, but the new one comes out. You want the new one. You just keep wanting and wanting and wanting. And that's what all this advertisement is about, just to entice you to want the next best thing. You've got to have it or you're not, you know, you're not, you're not a person, you know. You're just, uh, you know, you're home behind. Cool. You're not with the Joneses. Right, right. Look, look at the guy. He's got like top of the line thing. He don't have a place to lay his head, but he's got the top of the line phone. Yeah, and then they wonder why they're broke. I don't know what they had. That's eight hundred and forty-nine dollars with tax. That comes to about nine hundred bucks. It's insane. Well, that's, who, that's, who's that's to say how rent. I got it? And that's rent money. That could be used for rent. One month's rent somewhere. <laughs> or for that matter, pay somebody's uh, you know food for uh, a month. You know, come on, right? Like, right. that's ridiculous. The, the, this technology, and worse off, this is one thing I found kind of crazy about this technology because I'm a geek. I'm not going to lie, I'm, but I'm a geek for Yahshua first. Now, right. the Dragon Ship set is in these phones. Yeah, the processor, Snapdragon. For the one you're talking about, Snapdragon chipset is in these top of the line phones. Right now, is yeah. it in Revelations that the beast, the dragon, is given to the beast the, the speech? Ain't that something? Never thought Ain't about that. that. Huh? <laughs> Nobody really thinks about that. I brought that up last year when I saw the Christmas advertisement of the chipset, uh, Santa Claus turning into a dragon, and then into the chipset. Oh, all of one of the commercials. Yep. Oh, I haven't seen wow. any of them. I- Heard a lot of that blew me away. Of it blew me away to see that Santa Claus turns into a dragon and then to the chipset. Isn't that some subliminal for you? you? Tell me about it, right? Satan Claus? You know, Saturn <laughs> Claus? That's little Santa. Dragons. <laughs> I mean, they, they're, they're just being outright blatant. Oh, yeah, they're you know, not they hiding anymore. anymore. They're not going to hide anything no, anymore. Nothing back. You know, the man of perdition is going to show himself very shortly. I'm, I'm feeling that for sure. 
Yep, that's what's yeah. coming. It, it, it's their manifestation. It. They're wanting to bring it forward. They're wanting everybody. And people, you know what? I'm saying people are going to fall right in line with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't line up for anything. <laughs> they don't even line up for that. I wouldn't doubt it. All those smaller Kim Kardashians, Kobe's of the world, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kardashian is black witches. Wow, you know. They're, 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 <laughs> yeah. What a Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner used as an Illuminati phoenix, you know, to to mock our our Messiah's resurrection. People don't even see it that way. Yeah, and now we got this Bruce guy turns into a girl all of a sudden. Now they're gonna give him an award today. Today they're gonna give him an award actually. I just so yeah, come off your team and get an award. Wow. It seems like just within the past, you know, few years, it almost seems like everything's just kind of flipping around. Even, I mean, it seems like reality is not reality anymore. Maybe it has something to do with the bitter for sweet and good for evil and all that, but that's what it feels like to me. It's like people are losing touch with reality and, and really what matters and they're just buying right into the this, this system. And there's, I don't think there's nothing you can do about it. You know, you can try to save people. You can pray, you know, you, can do, you know, take care of yourself and your family, but there's nothing you can do with the world. They're on their path. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> it's on their own. <laughs> Let them walk into their own demise. <laughs> you know, just worry about yourself and, you know, change yourself. I'm just glad that we've They'll got come the looking call. for you when when the shit hits the fan. Hits the fan. They'll come looking for you. Well, they won't find you. You know. What was that? I I missed that last part. Just the truth. Revelation two six. Yet this you have that you hate the works of the Nicolaites, who I also hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who are the Nicolaites? Well, nobody could ever really tell me who the Nicolaites were, so I had to study that. Nicolaitan. Yep. Nicolaites were right? the ones who were of clergy. Those who okay. had clergy. And anything that has a clergy is what he hates. There's a lot about Nicolaites. I mean, mm. if he hates the Nicolaites and their clergy, well, I, I don't know what that, spe- that says, but that, to me, speaks volumes. Hey, you Those know what? Spoke to me volumes the other day. I stopped at, I, I told you I just recently moved, and I stopped at a local uh, church, and I seen, it was on a Wednesday, and I seen there were cars there. It was last week. And so I stopped in. I'm, you know, I'm like, well, let me go just first fellowship just to be around people you know believers and and I walked in and they were having a little bible study and introduced everybody and I sat down well the one guy who was leading the group he um he was talking about people who whose kids no longer come to church and um and one guy was he was explaining to him somebody you know this somebody's kid and he and, and, and the other guy didn't know who it was and he goes well, you know this guy that's down the lodge, 
And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, no, I got to get out of here. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like everything is just so jaded. It's, uh, the great falling away. I mean, it's the great falling away. Yeah, the church is right, right in the church. Oh, yeah. People can't see that these secret societies and all these oaths, that's the evil in the world. Not one of them is sanctified. I mean, really, where where can we find a temple? Where is there a temple that people will praise the Most High and call upon the name of names? Really, I mean, I haven't seen a temple here in Florida, which, by the way, is more than likely the most satanic state that I've been to. You know, I was surprised. I went to uh, this Sunday. I went to a local Baptist church, and uh, and, and, and whoever was up there. Uh, pastor Mike, I don't, I don't know what his name was, but he was teaching the word. I mean, you know, he was talking truth, and you know, it wasn't comfortable. And it was for most people there, you know, I mean, for most people want to hear that, but he was telling the truth, and I was really surprised, you know. I was like, wow, is this what they talk about every week, you know? Because it seemed like he was talking about the world and the way of the world, the way it's going, and you know, and in these churches, anytime you, you've got these churches that are taking, you know, tax exempt status, you have these people that are they're just there to lead you right into these camps and they get you. You know, they tell them what to say, what to do. They're bought off. They're sold. They're part of the system. They're all, you know, they've sold out. You see. This is the thing that gets me. With churches, there's a pastor. In every church, there's a pastor. But what are we taught? Who is the only shepherd that we're supposed to go to? Because the word pastor means shepherd. It means shepherd. From the root of Latin. It comes from Latin. Again, we have another battleground called the English language, you know, which tends to mislead a lot of people with its meanings. Right. You know, we don't know. A lot of people don't study... English language, they just take it for granted as they were taught in schools and conditioned. You know, I think that if we study to show ourselves a truth, that means to really study. Look at what we're speaking, how we're speaking, what words we're saying. Because if words are used recklessly, they hurt, they damage, they can kill. What's well, like bless? You think about bless, be less, you know? <laughs> you bless I, that's somebody. what I'm saying. That's why I say yavareka now. I don't even. And then people are, well, what does that mean, Yavareka? I've never heard of that word before. Well, if you go into, like, let's say, you know, Paleo-Hebrew, Yavareka is the one who works his palm of his house is blessed. That's what where the word blessed came from, um, through transliteration from Paleo-Hebrew to Babylonian Hebrew to Septuagint Greek to Middle English to English. I mean, you're talking about six changes there. Right, and somewhere along the way, you know, they've been playing with it and changing the meaning. This is like, amen. I have such a hang. I know i got to get over it, but when people say, amen or amen, I just can't help but think, but I'm in rock. You know, and even exactly. have commercials now, where, where, you know, where he's going in the fish tank, and he's like, he's like, rah, rah, stop it, rah. Have wow. you seen that one? No, I don't watch yeah. TV anymore. So I well, only get what know, I can. I, I just seen it in passing. I don't watch it either. 
I've just seen it in passing. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And it was like a sun god. And um, he's going, Rawr! and the guy's sitting in his house, and he's going, Ra, no, no, Ra, don't. Wow. He's like, Rawr! and he goes reaching in the fish tank. And I, wow. I don't even know who it's for, but I, it's so blatant anymore. Wow. <laughs> i got to see who that is now. <laughs> I, it, it actually made me pause and stop and look and go, are you kidding? Are you, this is a commercial now, and nobody has any idea. They don't even have a clue. No, it's a great delusion that has fallen upon everybody that does not love the truth. That's Thessalonians, I think, speaks of now, too. Thessalonians yeah, 11. A lot of people are doomed if if they don't stop now and really seek after God and and, and try to find truth. They're lost. You know, the spirit isn't going to be with them. There's a lot of people who won't be able to find it because, you know, the hour is getting late. Yeah, it's pretty late. Getting pretty late. I'm trying to find out what commercial that was. Let me say, it's Solar City. Yeah, that's what it is. Solar City commercial at home with Ra. Look that up. Right, and then there was the blood. Then there was the blood moon over America, and it was only seen in America. Uh, really? Was this this here? Nowhere else? Yeah. Yeah, that's that last one. And that's something. What was the name of that commercial, by the way? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. It's um Solar City. It was a commercial about. It. It's called At Home with Ra, and, and it says um. When you switch the solar city, you get the infinite power of the sun working for you. And, but you got to see that commercial. Look it up on YouTube. I'm sure it's on there. Solar city commercial with Ra. Wow. It's crazy. What? Yeah. They really have this sun disc idol. I just saw Guy it. Dressed up with the, <laughs> what? Yeah. What? But, you know, people don't know. They have no idea. You know, you know, it, we are trying to, you know, study and learn, you know, because you want to know the truth. But most people are just comfortable just going along, partying along. You know, it's, hey, Garth, let's party, you know, and right on. It's just, you know, get along, just uh, Wow. No thought of anything else. Wow. You've got to look up, Eric. I'm telling you, it'll blow your mind. I was walking by TV and I actually stopped and I'm like, really? (laughs) And you guys guys did see the Illuminati Super Bowl commercial, right? No. Yeah, the end of time and space. That was during the Super Bowl. The end of oh, yeah, space. Yeah, they actually did a commercial. It was ridiculous too. 
you know, that's the whole thing. I don't watch the Super Bowl, but I only wait for the outpouring of commercials. Right. And just check them just in, in, and definitely I ask for guidance by the spirit to be protected against these images. Um, just because they can slip into the mind regardless of what you try to do if you don't do it the right way. You know, discernment is something that we, we really need to gain a hold of. Um, right. And ask for that guidance because when you watch these things, you got to be careful. You know, the images permeate the mind, the, the lamps. Like Odelia was saying, I'll give her credit for that because we were, we were talking about that a long time ago, about a year ago, um, how the lamps are not supposed to be defiled. That right. we want to put the good oil into the lamps, make sure the lamps have the good oil. And, you know, I, actually, I was studying up on that and the oil meaning. The Christ is, you know, that's what they were talking about when you do a Latin etymology study on it. The oil goes back to our Messiah. That's when you get yeah. people looking at this porn, and they and they 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 become obsessed with it, and dare I say, they become, you know, possessed by demons. They know that this lust and everything gets in them and they can't control themselves. I see guys all the time, first thing they do when a girl walks in, they're all looking at her ass. You know, it's like, it's so obvious. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's no such thing anymore as, you know, being discreet or, or you know, having manners or being a gentleman. You know, that's all out the window now. And now it's like, seems like women like you know, guys that are, you know, crude and, and you know, have no morals, you know? Wow. You know, it's like the tough guy. Look at all the, you know, all the rap songs and all that stuff. They're a bunch of pigs. You know, yeah, and they want, and they go complaining about their man beating them up and stuff. Some even one them dead. But you know what? If those same women that complain about getting beat, if they was with a guy that was good to them, they would probably be bored and leave leave them for a guy that is going to beat her. I've seen it. I've seen it. I know. I knew a girl who was with a guy who beat her all the time, and I mean, it was to the point where you know the the local guys were like getting ready to go to lump this guy up because they're tired of seeing, you know, this girl we knew and grew up with, with fat lips and black eyes and all, making excuses. And she ended up with a friend of mine, and man, he was good to her. He was good to her. And guess what? She left him and went back. And it's like, you, you must really like abuse. You know? And I think they just get used to that. And a lot of they like the drama, they like abuse, and you know, not me. I like I like calm, I like peace, I like serenity. You know, it's like they've changed. You know, love into sex now. It's lust. You know, there's no such thing as love anymore. It's all this lust. And that's why you have all these homosexuals. There's no love there. Boy. No, sin always uh, turns whatever the Lord does upside down. Not even a little butterfly doesn't look that innocent in Satan's world. And then you try and go to the church with that, and they will tell you that, you know, we're supposed to love everybody. 
even even our gay brothers and sisters. Like, really? Like, you know, yeah, what, what love that. is supposed to mean, love is supposed to mean in the entirety of scriptures. When you look at the law, the law is love. The law is love. Those commandments are love. Right? That's righteous love. Because he gave us a loving way of life. A righteous way of life that was loving. And if somebody, and I did confront someone of, of that persuasion, I call them confused and they have a spirit of confusion about them. And yet I didn't say a word about them. I told them that how it's seen in our father's eyes, it's as an abomination. And that person got outright defensive to the point where they don't even talk to me anymore. And we, we, were, we were good friends. I was just talking to him and I brought him closer to our Messiah and I just, that's the thing I wanted to do at least. Is for everyone that we're supposed to bring the good news and we're supposed to draw everybody towards our Messiah. We're not supposed to do it with a rock in our hand and hard words. We're supposed to do it lovingly. You know, and, and, and with compassion and kindness. Gentle. You know, but uh, then you'll get that spirit that you're confronting. And, that, and it happens. It will happen. You know, so in a loving manner, live and let live. You know, but the, the, plead, the seed is planted. That's the whole thing. Plant the seed for the harvest. It right. all goes back to making that a priority. The priority, in the, and this is the valley of decisions. In the valley of decisions, what should be your priority? The harvest. Right. You know, we're to evangelize. We're not to really become teachers because teachers are going to be judged harsh. Harshly will be their judgment. I don't want to be judged harshly. I don't even, I want to just well, be for him. That's all I want to be is for him. For our father. That's it. In and of his son. But well, the terrible thing is most people nowadays, and I think it's all because of, you know, social programming, is nobody believes in God anymore. So, and so, and it's all taught through the schools. It's all part of evolution and everything else that, you know, they've, 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 they've been teaching. So why have morals if you're, or, you know, why do good? You know, what, if, if this is the only thing there is, why not just want everything and, and, and pleasure every, you know, and try to, you know, do every perverse thing you can because there's no consequence from it. And that's the thing. It's like some people think that, you know, that the only reason they will even believe in God or say they believe is because they're afraid of, they, they do believe there's something, but they're afraid that, of hell. And that's, that's, you know, that's a terrible, you know, thing to, to follow. And, that, and that's why you're going to believe. I don't believe, you know, that that's why I believe in God. Well, I believe in God because, he came to me. As I see the truth in it. And it has nothing to do with fear of hell. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 I, I, I was of the world too. I didn't, I didn't believe. I always, well, I always kind of believed in God. I just didn't believe in Jesus. And uh, I just always thought there was a creator. But until 
you know, I received the Holy Spirit and could, and my eyes were open. I could see what was going on. I was just as lost as everybody else. You know, lying around. Just, and nowadays it seems like it's so much worse than what it was. I mean, all these young people, you wouldn't believe how many kids in school are gay or say they're gay. Right. Is Dave here? Yeah. Okay. Who is that? Uh, I'm I'm the owner of the podcast, but. Okay. I'm I'm just being quiet back there. So some guy said, um, he said that. uh, Let's see. Well, anyway, I said that lust is an unbalanced expression of eros, the Greek word eros. As far as oh, I yes. know, that's true. Uh, you got a lot of Christians that they, they have um, an unbiblical view of eros. But um, there's also a controversy whether you can actually lust over your wife. Um, I think that's what the important thing is. You have to go back to the Greek word. I actually don't think it was his original language anywhere. I think it was in, in Aramaic. So, I, in my view, I'm not trying to prove this, and I don't think we anybody can prove it wrong. We don't have enough information from that far back. But um, you know, you, you lose some things translating from Aramaic to um, to Greek. But um, if you just go by what the Greek teaches, those are the only words that are available, as far as I know. There's like three basic words for, for, for love, you know, and that's sexual love. And sexual love is approved by God, but um, it's just like anything else. An, an, an excess uh, or unbalanced expression of it is not. Um, mm-hmm. Who's that talking in the background? It, it, it's not good, you know, God doesn't approve of it. You can't obsess over anything. You, yeah, when you, you were just saying about Eros being from Greek, which, you know, it's related to Eran, Erastai. Mm-hmm. Um, love, desire. And, uh, but when you say, you know, lusting over your wife, it doesn't sound right, for one thing. Well, a lot of guys are married to the wife because they were just sexually attracted to them, and that's the only thing that attracts them. True, yeah. So I could see that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it isn't a spiritual thing anymore. People aren't like, I, I, now I can see the difference. I've always chased after the physical. I've always went with a woman who I found pleasing to my eye, so to say, and didn't really bother too much with, you know, her thoughts about anything. You know, that didn't really matter to me. What mattered was just the physical. But now I can see, like, you know, what would be considered one of the most beautiful women. And all she has to do is talk, and that person is not, you know, desirable to me at all and you know and then you see all the other guys like oh you know you know just lining up the well you know what's interesting it. is that um the more that you mature i'm talking about emotionally um you know mature inwardly intellectually and um your ability to evaluate things because your your knowledge improves um you appreciate the inner person more and it's it's funny because um the, the outward person deteriorates progressively, but if things are going right, unless you have, like, a or something like that, 
or you're just sitting in front of a television on uh, medication like a lot of old people, you're mm-hmm. actually supposed to be getting better inwardly. This is what the Christian life is all about. So it's mm-hmm. natural to be attracted to a person for what they are within. Because if you're attracted only to what's on the outside, because most people in our society, let's just admit, they have a false value system. And most Christians have been so influenced by that society, whether they realize yeah. it or not, because they don't have high holiness standards. They, they, they Actually, most Christians have never been exposed to high holiness standards. Uh, they would think that they were archaic or somewhat amusing if, if they were exposed to them. And it's unfortunate because a lot of times when, when you do talk about high holiness standards, it, it, it veers into legalism too quickly. You don't really have a balanced position very often. Because I've been around those type of people quite a bit. I used to work with them. The 19th century holiness type movement that came out of um, Methodism, you know, and it was a precursor to a Pentecostalism. <clears throat> um, Those guys are still around. There's not very many of them, man, but uh, they're a bit of a problem because their they're holiness standard is not based on the Bible, somewhat curiously. It's based on, a tr- well, just like the Pharisees, you know. Like the guys I used to work with, they used to mow the lawn on a 90-degree day with these shirts on because um, they had to have a collar on and they couldn't show their wrist. They couldn't show their wrist. Well, where's that in the Bible? You can't show your wrist? But um, if you didn't have your hair cut a certain way, they would excommunicate you. And it didn't really matter if it was in the Bible or not. This is the way we do things around here, and we're not changing the standard. You know. No. I actually think that um, hair was significantly longer <clears throat> Because we're, we're interpreting it through our culture. So when you know Paul's talking about short hair, he's talking about hair is significantly longer. And we've talked about this before, but um, obviously they allowed long hair because you had this order of Nazarites. But it's been scientifically proven that um, hair actually acts as electromagnetic antenna. And I know that sounds pretty far out for some people. But they've done scientific studies on people like uh, Native Americans. Um, they were using them in World War II. Um, they had, uh, quote-unquote, like psychic gifts or something like that. I mean, of course, there's no right. problems with that. But when they cut their hair, like a crew cut, they lost these abilities. And there's a lot of stories like this with indigenous people. But it's been were proven they the that it has... breaking the codes? What's that? Were they the ones that were, they were getting to break the codes? Yeah. Yeah. Code breakers. Yep. Yeah. But the whole the, the whole body is um, electromagnetic. There's a good book. We're a battery. Body. Yeah, we're a battery. We're, we're battery. also an antenna, and we're capable right. of storing energy. Well, the thing is, is that everything is electromagnetic. That's where you get the electric universe theory. And somebody doesn't want you to know that. That's why people go, I haven't heard that before. Is that in my Bible? <laughs> I mentioned that earlier. I said we all give off individual frequencies. Absolutely. And- uh, what we say around here is everything is frequency. I mean, I, I pondered that term for a long time, and I discovered a lot of truths that I drew out of that. It's actually pretty profound. Everything is frequency. Yeah. Everything's vibration and energy. Uh-huh. And it's also and true, it just occurred to me just now, that everything appears not to be frequency. Our, our right. reality it's is physical. somewhat illusionary. Exactly. This is where, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, Hindus get the concept of maya to some degree, which everything's illusion. That's a partial truth. You know, it, it appears to be a dense physical reality, 
you know, knock, knock, you know, it's not moving to me, you know, it looks like it's, uh, but actually everything is vibrating, that's not like a new age teaching, it's it's actually been proven, and uh, things are not as solid as they appear to be, so, that's why, you know, Jesus could walk through a wall. <laughs> well, you see some of these magicians now that, that have these, uh, you know, they're, they're basically possessed, and they do tricks that, I mean, it defies all physics, and I mean, you yeah. know, they're putting you know things in the bottles and stuff, and it's it's not it's not a magic, it's not magic. If they're actually demons, they're helping them, you know, bend these physical objects and 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 break through. What's what's your name? I'm Brian. Okay, yeah, we were we actually did like a five hour show earlier. And my battery went dead, so I dropped out. But we actually talked about that. And yeah, that. Um, that some of this stuff is genuine. I used to be a magician, you know, like a parlor magician. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, actually, it was like a hobby. And basically what you're doing is you're faking people out, you know, like sleight of hand, stuff like that. So there's a lot oh, of fakery right. involved. It looks like magic, but it's really not. And they, but they call well, it magic. Magic is a lot really. of things. But anyway, we were actually Honestly. talking about... We were actually talking about how they're, we believe that they're using black magic, you know, these uh, these magicians, and um, these guys are actually Satanists, man. Yeah, well, you can look it up. The you whole can look, there's um, well, a Chinese guy, I forget his name, there's, there's a few of them. That, uh, there's one guy that went right over the Kabbalah Center, and he with his hands out like he was on a cross, and he floated above it. Have you seen that? No. Oh. I haven't seen that. Oh, I gotta look that up real quick and tell you his name. I, I couldn't believe it. It was so blasphemous. I'll share something with you, uh, Dave, because you see, the word magic actually does mean that. It means uh-huh. exactly that. The etymology of the word actually goes into wisecraft. Okay. Drycraft. Dry, from dry magician, from Irish druid, priest, magician. Yeah, uh, what's the witchcraft? It's witchcraft. Magic is witchcraft. It's sorcery. Yeah. And it's illusionary because, of course, the father of lies is behind it. Yeah. So truly, magic is actually an illusionary thing that's demonically driven. Yeah, we we've talk, we talk a lot about terminology around here. I've, I've talked about before how the word uh, magic, kind of like the word mysticism, it's so incredibly broad. It doesn't have well-defined parameters. So, you know, I mean, they're actually calling uh, parlor tricks, like I used to practice. They, they call that magic, you know what I mean, it, without any real definition. and They can define it, you know. But it, also, it makes me it, think of uh, Simon. <laughs> yeah, the magician. He, he was trying and, and to do And also they have what's called natural <laughs> magic. And th- this is a subject that would be somewhat controversial with Christians. And um, some of it involves things doing with, like, gemstones and stuff like that. But that's that's called magic as well. And uh, I wouldn't necessarily uh, – I, I think that it would be better terminology to call it something else. But that's what they call it. So. Well, crystal driving. Crystal driving and, and gemology. Well, I mean, typically, uh, from a lot of uh, evangelical Christians' perspective, if you take a crystal and put it in your pocket, you're practicing magic. I would disagree with that. Well, it's to give something that's not of the most high power. I would you know, give it the idea or the understanding that 
that's the whole thing about faith and faith driving. Um, when you don't need anything of the world, then then you're putting all your belief in him. Uh-huh. Well, it has to do with intent, you know. Um, what's your intent with that crystal in your, in your pocket? But it's been proven that it, it puts out electromagnetic fields. So the real question is, um, is it significant? Is it beneficial? Yeah. Uh, that's the only real question, you know. The, the thing is that if it's in scriptures, how beneficial is it to us if it's not omitted in scripture? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, why would we, if everything that Samson said that, for that matter, you know, when you look at, and that's the whole thing, I was trying to read up on the wisdom of um, Solomon, because Solomon was given great power. You talking about given the, the ring by the most high. Apocryphal Yes, yes, yeah. because mm-hmm. that, that particular writing tells you about 36 different types of demons that he had dealt with. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm familiar with the work you're talking about now. I think that's, I think that's outside Apocrypha, but go ahead, I'm familiar with it. I thought it was a medieval no, work. Well, what, what, Apocrypha? Uh, the Wisdom of mm-hmm. Solomon. The Wisdom of Solomon wasn't a medieval work, it, it was... It was an original piece of scripture that was made, begging, begging to go back as far as the other writings, which the, in the Kumon texts, they actually had that writing. Okay, yeah. Um, They've got different names the whole for thing. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, you're right. yeah no, there's there's the Wisdom of Solomon, and then there's the Book of Solomon. Yeah, well, I actually read thing. the Wisdom of Solomon, so. <laughs> that, that's, that's also the Book of Freemasonry. You know, they, they, and that's the whole thing, they look at this knowledge, and they use it, according to their intent, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, and their intent is to find out the secrets that Solomon had. Yeah, I'm used really to calling uh, the wisdom of Solomon wis- uh, wisdom. The book of wisdom. Y- yeah, just wisdom. Yeah, that's why I didn't recognize it. And, the one um, I was thinking that, of, that is a, uh, a medieval, ma- uh, kind of a magical text where Solomon's controlling all these demons and stuff like that. I mean, occultists use it, you know. Well, Kabbalists, that's where they get that from. You know, the Kabbalah was drawn yeah, from uh, Solomon. Yeah, that's where the supposed Star of David is, which is really not the Star of David. It's really more like the Star of Molech. Yes. Or the pentagram, how you want to call it. You see, which, which they... They were shown just kind down of, that pentacork or whatever it was. That's the latest yeah. discovery. Yeah, and also those people there, those Jewish people, they're not really uh, the people to buy. They're Zionists, yeah. The Kazarians, I call them all out. Yeah, Kazarians, yeah. Dynamo, when you guys get a chance, look up Dynamo Shard Levitation. On YouTube? Yeah. Oh, Dynamo, yeah. Okay. I mean, you can't tell me some of those things this guy has done. Is is just a trick. There's no way. Yeah, uh, he, he oh, flies over. No. Say it again. Did you say something about the sun? I may know. I said this, yeah, there's no way that uh, that it's just magic that they're doing. They had help from another realm or uh-huh. another dimension. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's like all these UFOs and you have people talking about aliens and all. There are no aliens. They all come from another dimension. If you feel I, I, that's really what opened my eyes up. I asked God to show me the truth in this world. And I started, I was taking pictures of chemtrails. And next thing you know, I'm taking pictures of chemtrails in front of the moon and I get all these orbs and UFOs and stuff. And I'm like, what in the world is this? I'm like, well, but don't you, don't you think that the uh, military-industrial complex has lighter-than-air uh, discraft? Uh, yeah, oh, they have things that you wouldn't believe. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's proven. They, but these were, um, it was what it was. It was, um, it looked like one ship. It had three lights, three white lights. It was right under the moon. And then there was a green orb. I took three pictures, and I couldn't see it with my natural eye, but it showed up, you know, in the pictures. And um, the green orb was interacting with the other one. It either came out of, because it was lined up right underneath at one point, and it was away, or it was going back into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen stuff like that up in the mountains. I think Uh what it is, is if you go back to... um, Back when we had, um, what, Area 51, when they said, uh, you know, supposedly alien craft had crashed and all that. I think... uh, You more likely saw that that was a TR-3D. That's the triangular craft that they have. I've seen that in Daytona Beach. I actually was in Daytona Beach last year, and one came hovering over us. You know, the friendly witness. I've seen the one you're talking about. Yeah, and and it it could be... It doesn't explain the green orb that's interacting with it. But, um, yeah, I've seen the one you're talking about, but there was nothing else. Like the one you're talking about, you could see the, the frame around it. On this one, you couldn't. It was just three glowing balls. But, of course, you know, it was way up there. It's hard to tell. You know, maybe the light was, you know, that it emitted. But why couldn't I see the light? That's what I'm saying. How come the light showed up? Is it because... It's in a, a higher frequency than our eyes can see, and you know, but it's light. Why couldn't I see it? Because it's beyond 33 frames, and it's also in a different. Um, it's in a UV. Uh, ultraviolet. It's in the ultraviolet range of of light. That's the whole thing. Hey, let me That's ask Johnny a, a question. question real quick. Johnny, are you going to do a show tonight? Can you hear me, Johnny? Are you going to do a show tonight? You there, Johnny? He just said something mm-hmm. in the chat room. I mean, he, I mean, he posted something. Are you going to do a show you. tonight, Johnny? Okay, we, you can go back to what you're talking about. Oh, it's just me. I'm just saying that we're going to be seeing a lot of these crafts. I've, I've already taken pictures of crafts that, in one aspect, look like a glowing, glowing object, but then on my camera, with clarity. I work for it. Number one, the temple is already built. That's a fact. The Temple Institute was contracted to build the third, rebuild the third temple. They've done it. It is done. It's been done. Okay? Research it. You'll find it out to be true. You'll even see photos. You can even get a walkthrough tour online and see it. It's there. Now, you research that. Don't take my word for it. Now, that's old news. There's new news. The Ark of the Covenant 
was just announced by the Temple Institute, the same people who built the built the temple, who rebuilt the temple, just announced two days ago that the Ark of the Covenant is there in Israel. Now watch this. I have been told, and scholars have said, that the Antichrist will come out of the Middle East, possibly, more than likely, Israel. Now, watch for a figure to come out of Israel who will call himself Yeshua, Jesus. Now, you see how, how this deception will work. Obama leaves office. People will say, oh, the Antichrist is gone. He's beaten. Oh, look, it's Jesus coming out of the Middle East. It's him. And he will sit on that throne that they built for the Pope over the tomb of David, which ought not be there and is. They built a seat, a throne over the tomb of David. It's there. You can look at the photos of it. Research it. You'll see it. It's old news, 2013, they released the photos. They waited. You can research it and see the photos. Don't, do not take my word for it. Look at it. Open hey, your you identify yourself? Who's talking? Who's talking? Because the media is owned by the devil. And owned by those oh, yeah. who are influenced by the devil. All of the that recording? Don't even look at them. They're a waste of time. All right, so Obama leaves office. People will say the Antichrist is defeated. We we kicked him out of office. We went. And Jesus, the big... Hey, can Jesus, I say that that sounds like a recording? Because the Antichrist has got to appear yeah, first. But who is it, though? It is a return of Lord. The great falling away. It sounds like a recording. Okay, we got two New no, North no Carolina. The what, what's going on? I don't know. It sounded I, like a recording or something over there. What was that? I muted one of the North Carolinas, and uh, apparently I got the right one. So, yeah, he, he can't. He can't do that. You can't yeah. come in here and just start playing and recording. You got to ask permission, man. So that was crazy. I, I thought it was somebody talking at first, and then I was like, and then, and then you asked him a question. It was like you just kept going right over top of you. Yeah, he's talking about the uh, Temple Institute. Maybe some of you guys have heard about that, but. Uh, that's a big subject. Um, it's a big website. I've heard something about it lately. They're supposed to be building it. They're supposed to have all the gold to build it or something like that. Are they supposed to be building it out of gold? And they're raising the red heifer, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, is that a, a, a literal thing or is it, you know, just symbolic? I was watching a show called The Dig, and in the beginning of the show, they show you the scripture that's associated to the red heifer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I said, I really don't watch TV. I watch videos, but very selectively. And uh, little things that are kind of nuggets that are out there. And these shows that they're propagating are all their propaganda, you know, to, to subtly condition us and to give us, you know, a little, uh, how should I say, desensitization, desensitizing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all. It was in Isaiah 56 and 7, but which talks about the house should be called a prayer for all nations. But in in that whole thing about the red heifer is that's the the blend, unblemished uh, red heifer that's to be sacrificed. Yeah. When the when the temple is raised. And uh, you know, there's no there is no sacrifice anymore. We had a Shabbat lamb, 
And that Shabbat lamb was our Messiah. That was the ultimate sacrifice and no more sacrifices until the return and then the kingdom's here. And they, they say, the Kabbalists, the Zionists say that that's when they will start the, the sacrifices again, the oblation. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're going to be doing that. They're, they're, they're getting prepared for it. Well, everybody uh, you know, has you know. different views on this. I think there's a wider diversity of opinion on prophecy than any other subject. And you can actually prove that statistically because they say that the two books in Scripture that have the widest diversity of, of interpretation of the, of the Song of Songs and the book of Revelation. And it's interesting that you can conclude from that and kind of like reverse that it should be self-evident that those two books are the, the books that for some mysterious reason God has revealed the least uh, because otherwise there'd be more conformity in opinion. But when you listen to, um, you know, like Christian radio, uh, I mean, 40, 40 decades have gone by and the only view that I've ever heard is, is I call it Christian Zionism, but people usually call it dispensationalism. And But, but most common... Uh, recognition of that is what's called the left-behind view, the left-behind series. Uh-huh. And if you're, uh, you know, a deep conspiracist like I am, and you believe that we're living in a system of control, they're going to put out propaganda about anything that is important to us or them. And Bible prophecy is important to Illuminati. And so, because they control the media, um, if you look out there at the most common views, you should be at least highly suspicious that they're not uh, some form of what I call theological propaganda. Uh, because they've already been caught doing this kind of thing. I mean, they were putting out propaganda, both the Allied and the Axis powers, uh, during World War II in theaters about Nostradamus. Because Illuminati has always used any kind of information whatsoever for propaganda purposes. And uh, information about the future is no different. It might even be a greater priority with them. That's why you always see this fascination with um, prophecy and the Bible, you know, on these secular TV shows. Like, why are they so interested in the Bible and Bible prophecy? Well, it's propaganda. You know what I mean? If you're going to be just lazy enough to sit there and never actually do any significant research and just have somebody tell you what, you know, define reality for you, then they got pretty much got you. But uh, what people need to realize is that... Um, those views are not compatible with the Bible. They're based on several assumptions. And one is a massive assumption that Israel was um, physically restored as a, uh, a state. It's, it's, not a, it's not a nation, you know, in 1948. And they use this bizarre exegesis of Matthew 24 and the fig tree, and those are based on massive assumptions. And um, it's it, this... It's, prophetic leak type technology because the whole entire context there in Matthew 24 I'm not trying to put in private interpretation on I'm just allowing Jesus to interpret it for us he says that all these things will be fulfilled in this generation he actually says that but Christians don't believe that unless they're a preterist which I'm not and a preterist believes that all Bible prophecy is fulfilled in the, in the, uh, in the first century but there's a way out of that. I mean, I actually believe what Jesus said, that everything he said there was fulfilled in some way or another. But uh, that 
area of scripture is called the little apocalypse you know it has parallels with uh mark 13 and luke 21 and so it's apocalyptic literature and in apocalyptic literature it's common to have double fulfillment you see that a lot in, in the book of isaiah and you see these prophetic leaps where it's just jumping around in history. And I've actually concluded that you would have to have an authoritative prophet, which I don't believe we have, to actually in- interpret the book of um, Isaiah with any accuracy, at least beyond uh, chapter 40. And Christians are conditioned, you know, we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit interprets Scripture for us. They don't understand that we're actually on a lower tier than first century Christianity, because we don't have an authoritative voice. We don't have truly inspired prophets at the level of the apostles that can interpret scripture like that. I think there's one coming, this Elijah figure that we talk about around here. But anyway, uh, what Christians are not talking about is is there's, there's an exodus event coming. It's spoken of very clearly, and I've never had anybody use scripture to try to refute this. They're just kind of going, whoa, I'm just writing the Bible, you know what I mean? And uh, you can see that in detail in um, Ezekiel uh, chapter 20, beginning around verse 35. It's a simple concept to understand. You have what's called the diaspora or the dispersion. And uh, this, this, would not, this should not be a problem for anybody unless they hold to what's called replacement theology. And that's where, um, well, it's actually Roman Catholic propaganda in my opinion, but, uh, you know, the Roman Catholic Church... The Protestant reformers did not change anything, by the way. But the Roman Catholic Church replaced Israel in all Bible prophecies fulfilled, believe it or not, through the Roman Catholic Church. And the reformers did not change that view. And so, um, <clears throat> unless you believe that, which probably nobody here does, it used to be the popular view, and now people believe what's called left behind theology then uh, you won't have a problem believing that Israel is going to be restored in the future. And so the, everybody agrees Everybody agrees that there was a literal scattering of God's people. It talks about this over and over again. But what they need to pay attention to, and this is a problem for replacement theology because you have, to, you have to spiritualize the passage. For instance, in Ezekiel 20, when it talks about this exodus, and actually says that they will go to the wilderness of the nations. This is a specific right. place right. in the so-called Gentile nation somewhere. It doesn't tell us where. But in the same verse there, it says, it talks about him scattering his people, and that's the diaspora, the, the, the dispersion. But then he says he's going to gather them, you see. So if he, if he scattered them literally, he's going to gather them literally. But ask yourself this question, has that happened yet? So now you have to envision, okay, this is going to happen. You know, the, the 12 tribes are going to be restored. Um, but it hasn't happened yet. And there's no justification for spiritualizing the event, okay? So anyway, this is an easy way to understand the concept of the, uh, the so-called new exodus. Okay, so when you look at these passages there in Ezekiel 20, it says, I will judge you is I judged your fathers in the wilderness. And, and God is actually talking about taking them from point A to point B. The stopping off point is this uh, wilderness in the nations. And actually says he's going to bring back to Israel. And actually, it actually tells you that. So they're going to point A to point B with the stopping off point, kind of like uh, Gershon in Egypt. They stopped there. Okay, 
But along the way, it says that God's going to judge his people and purge them of, of sinners, of the wicked, or actually the rebellious, and actually kill them. So they're going to die because they weren't up to God's standards before they reach Israel. Okay, this is what you stop when you're going to hold it here. Because in dispensational theology, they teach you, or they try to teach you, that, um, that there's this new exodus happening, it's like ongoing, and it started back in 1948, approximately. They made a movie about it around 1960 called The Exodus, where, you know, people were coming from, like, the Ukraine and Russia and Eastern Europe back to the um, Israel, and God had done this great work. He'd restored the land. Oh, this is the massive problem. You can't reconcile it with Scripture. Now, here's the reason why. It's because in Scripture, it clearly talks that these people are a repentant people. Yep. And they're a holy people, and they have to be up to God's standard. He's going to examine them just like a shepherd examines imperfections in the wool of a sheep. And if, if they don't measure up, he's going to kill them. Now ask yourself this question. Is that what's going on here? No. Okay? So if you look at the context of Ezekiel, and you go to the, uh, the Battle of Gog and Magog in Ezekiel 38, which people talk about so much, and the common view out there, and most people are only exposed to one view. They need to understand this. They don't understand post-millennialism, amillennialism, preterism, historicism. They never even they don't know anything about these views. They they hold to variations on um, the dispensational view. I mean, they're not even familiar with replacement theology. Unless they poke around the internet a little bit, and then they go, "Oh, I don't like that," you know, because it seems like everybody's rejecting it now. But um, anyway, so it, if you look at the context of Ezekiel, it's talking about this new exodus. And so in Ezekiel 38, in the Battle of Gog and Magog, the people are actually coming back from this exodus. And it says that they live, um, there are peaceful and unsuspecting people when they live in unwalled villages. Now stop and think about that. Because what you've got over there in Palestine is basically an armed encampment. I mean, you could make the case that qualitatively... It's the most militarized nation in the world. A lot of people wouldn't have a problem with that, you know. I mean, you could debate yep. that, okay, but anyway, I, I said qualitatively, you know what I mean? I mean, they've got a pretty advanced army military for a nation that size, and they, they need it, you know what I mean? Masada so anyway, is very, very highly technological. Yep. These people are, they're not unsuspecting. They're waiting for 24-7 almost, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's always like a threat against Israel. And so this is the diametric opposite of what you see in Ezekiel 38. And what's important is that these people have come back from this exodus because he talks about that. I've read these things over in Scripture on the show before, so I don't want to go into much detail on it. Okay, but um, it says they live in unwalled villages. And I, I can't reconcile that with what you have over there because it's basically an armed encampment. And so, but the main thing is, is that they have to come back from this exodus. And, and when we talked about this earlier, we should be able to agree that, you know, you ask yourself this question, has the 12 tribes been restored yet? Or has, the, has God literally gathered his people back? Because if, if it talks about a physical, historical scattering, and in the same verse it talks about a, uh, a gathering, you, you can't spiritualize that because that's not how you interpret Scripture. So, we should be able to recognize that that event has not happened yet. And if that event hasn't happened yet, then this Israel over there is not what it appears to be. Most people have not thought about this. 
You know, we show, we, what we talk about that on this show is things that other people don't talk about, how the devil will try to duplicate virtually everything. If God allows him, he'll try to duplicate things. So we believe that there's fake Jews, there's a fake Israel. There's basically fakery right on down the line, because that's just the way Satan works. So this is what's interesting. If you start to think along those lines, you have to ask yourself some questions. Well, maybe there are fake Jews. So where are they? Good question. Now, what you want to notice is you will not see people talking about this as a general rule. For instance, it becomes evident that people are not talking about a fake Israel. Now, I'm not talking about the evil Israel. Say, Those evil Zionists, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the entire thing is fake. Because um, our concept of uh, the geographical location of Israel, it, we actually got that from the Roman Catholic Church. And that medieval system was a system of control. There was no middle class. We actually lost access to the Bible. And they made us illiterate because people used to speak Aramaic. And they started they making uh, Latin uh, the official language. They took the text away from us. And it's at least theoretically possible that they shifted the location of uh, Jerusalem. But there's things that you can point out right away. I mean, Jesus said every stone will be thrown down. He's talking about the temple. Yeah, Matthew 24. And you go over there, and they're going to hold it here. you got this wailing wall. And now what people do is they say, well, that was not the temple proper. Well, you, can't, you can't prove that. You know what I mean? Now, I believe there's a massive cataclysm in the first century, and that's why it uh, destroyed the temple. But that's, that's beside the point. But um, I, don't, I don't believe that that's the temple. I think, I think, I think it's fake. You know, so the reason I throw this stuff out there is that just to get people to think because they need to hear alternatives. Um, because when you make a judgment about something, you want to try to get all your cards on the table. So you go, oh, I never heard about that. Well, maybe that's a possibility. You know, because we really are hearing the same thing over and over again, and it's, it's actually true. You can prove statistically that in Christian, you know, local radio, I know this for a fact because I've, I've never heard a different view. The only view that they will allow is what I call Christian Zionism. And there is a biblical Zionism. Uh, I totally believe in you know, literal restoration of Israel. And Zionism in the big picture has to do with the right. It actually has to do with the Abrahamic land-grant covenant. There's different types of covenants. Uh, that Abraham's descendants will inherit the land. And see, I believe that that's still future. And I do believe in a, a you know, literal restoration. Now, the temple itself, is kind of a complex subject. But now what did I talk about? The fakery? So I believe that this temple is basically, it's fake. You know what I mean? Because and, there's uh, an antichrist, that's the anti-Israel. What's, what's that? Satan always tries to duplicate, you know, whatever God has, or God's done. Just he like will try to do that if God allows him to, yeah. And well, what I mean, he'll try to do, see. he'll try to fake everything that's important. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you've got your Antichrist. Look, the GMO foods out now. You've got Israel. You know, Lord Balfour isn't what's supposed to bring the Jews back to Israel. I'll say it again. Uh, it, Lord Balfour isn't what was supposed to bring the Jews back to Israel. Uh-huh. Well, there's actually, there's actually a – you can tell something's right. wrong. Let's look at another data point. You can tell something's wrong because there's actually a new Moses 
that brings the people back to, to, to Israel. Now, when you hear somebody for the first time, you go, okay, I haven't heard that before, so it's probably wrong. And I'll be honest with you, most of the time it is. Well, but check this out. Did you, know that, did you know that in order for you to become a citizen in Israel, you have to sign a declaration of the Noahid law? Oh, uh, that doesn't surprise me. I know what that What's law that is. You have to give up all your understanding of your faith and completely consign yourself to the Noahid law. Yeah. Well, let me let me point that out. That's another data point that we need to discuss. That there's a new Moses that um, that leads the people back to Israel. Now, people right away you recognize, okay, I never heard that before, so that's probably wrong. Um, no, it's not. If you look at Hosea one eleven. It's talking about exactly what we're talking about, and it's talking about the restoration of the 12 tribes. It's actually talking about the northern and southern kingdoms that were separated after uh, Solomon's time, being reunited again. And it's just a different way of saying the 12 tribes were reunited, but it says, here's what it says. It says, Israel and Judah will be reunited. Does that sound complex? No. You don't need a scholar to interpret that. And then it says, um, they will appoint one leader. It means literally head. That's the second thing. And they will come up out of the land. In other words, they're moving from point A to point B. Now, ask yourself this question. Do Christians talk about this leader? No. The only leader that we have in the future is Jesus coming in the clouds. So what you want to do is ask yourself this question. If Jesus came down from the clouds in glory at the second coming, do you think that anyone would appoint him for anything? Like, well, let's vote him in. He did a pretty good job there. I'm kind of impressed. You know what I mean? No. This is talking about someone else. This is talking about the new Elijah figure in Matthew 17 11, and other passages too. We just don't mention them. You know, it says in Matthew, uh, or excuse me, Malachi 4, 5, it says, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Well, most Christians are what they hold to what's called a futurist view. Whether they're dispensational or not, they're, they're, I mean, they're futurists, you know what I mean? I'm not a futurist. I hold to an immediate view between futurism and preterism, which acknowledges that there was, sufficient, there was a significant fulfillment of Scripture in the first century, you know, based on what Jesus said right there. It would have to be. He said all these things will be fulfilled in this generation. Futurists, they just pretty much totally ignore that. Unless they're into what's called type-anti-type fulfillment, and I used to be into that, and I actually still hold to a view of that now. I mean, I'm saying it was all fulfilled. We don't understand it. But just believe what Jesus said anyway. Okay, but then you can still have future fulfillment to what's called a type-anti-type prophecy. And you'll find this kind of thing in apocalyptic literature, okay? So um, that's what it's talking about there in Malachi 4 or 5. It says, you know, if people, if people believe that the, you know, the great and terrible day of the Lord is future, well, if you're future, if you believe that, well, it says that Elijah's going to come first. But we say, well, no, that was John the Baptist, but <laughs> I've said over and over again, John the Baptist was dead, when Jesus made that statement that Elijah will come and restore everything, and John the Baptist was an early fulfillment of that passage, that passage, again, is, has to do with double fulfillment. 
and explains why Jesus said, if you can receive it, he is the Elijah who was to come, not the Elijah who is to come or will come. And John did fulfill those passages. And uh, the angel talked about this to his father in, uh, I believe it was Luke chapter 1, it prophesied his birth, you know. It says he will come and minister in the power and spirit of Elijah. But when the scribes sent emissaries to um, to John, and they asked him a bit, a point of question. They said, are you Elijah? He said, no. You know what I mean? Now, you can't actually prove that Elijah's not coming back in the flesh. And you have to understand that from the ancient Jewish mind, uh, they didn't have problems with an ancient uh, patriarch incarnating more than once, like Christians do. We've talked about this over and over again. They only have one passage uh, in, in the entire Bible, you know, Hebrews 9.27. It's a point on a man who wants to die in the judgment. And they, they try to throw that around as um, an absolute, a proof text that you establish an absolute position, but you can't use that with Scripture because um, there's people that died more than once in the Bible. You know what I mean? Uh, like the, the children that Elisha and uh, Elijah raised from the dead. Well, they're not still walking the earth, and uh, even if they were, you couldn't prove it anyway. So that means that the entire thing just crashed, couldn't, at the best it's a unprovable theory, and uh, people would assume that Lazarus died twice as well, unless you're a preterist and you believe in the first century um, second coming, you know. So um, basically there's a lot of theological propaganda out there, and when you hear the same thing over and over again, you have to get sophisticated to um, question whether this is from the enemy, you see, and also, it's a self-evident fact that all through redemptive history, God's people have never clearly understood what God's going to do around the corner. That's just the way God does things. That doesn't mean that nobody understands. But as a general rule, the people are steeped in ignorance. I'm actually talking about God's people, like you know the history of Israel. And so this tells us something, because um, if God's going to do what he's always done before, then he's not going to come out and, like, you know, give you all the details. And this is a big problem because people people think that they've got Bible prophecy pretty much figured out. We're just kind of working on the details a little bit. I'm saying there's like massive problems running down the line. And there's all these different views that are either never discussed or rarely discussed. And I've said a number of times on here, you can completely destroy all prophetic belief systems that have ever been... Um, you know, manufactured in the history of church with, with, with one single verse. So this will tell you something right now, that we got a big problem on our hands. So you go to Ezekiel 45, 22, and it talks about a prince there that makes sacrifices for his own sins. Okay? Well, the Christian church doesn't have a uh, a coming prince that makes sacrifices for his own sins. But that's too bad, because Bible prophecy revolves around him, and he's referred to David as David over and over again, and the Christians go, well, that's referring to Christ. You know, their heavenly Christ, you know? Yeah, uh, but he's that, not a prince. He's a king of kings, sorry. <laughs> that, that's oh, wow. going to crash real quick, because he's making sacrifices for his own sins. And it refers to this prince over and over again in the book of Ezekiel, and it introduces him in uh, Ezekiel 34, 
calls him David and says that he will be the shepherd over God's people. And they're actually in the diaspora. You can see that in Ezekiel 34. They've been scattered. And they're being abused, which is interesting because that's the period of time that we live in. It's one of the very few scriptures that actually talks about this period beyond the first century before the big stuff starts to happen again, kick in, you know, and be fulfilled. And, and God's people are wandering and they're being abused and they have false shepherds. Look it up. And um, we know we're living in that period because it culminates with this Davidic figure, calls him David, being made a shepherd over his people. And then it reintroduces him in Ezekiel 37 and says he's a king this time. So, so this David figure has been called a prince and a king. He's already been introduced. So later in Ezekiel, it just simply calls him a prince from that point on because it's already talked about him. And you have to understand that um important aspect of what's called dispensational theology or left-behind theology or, uh, you know, Christian Zionism is the concept of what's called pre-millennialism. This is the concept that Christ comes first uh, before an earthly millennial period, which could be a literal thousand years or it could represent um, a significant period of time, but not be taken literally. But in that view, it affirms that Christ rules on a literal throne of David, well, that's not absolutely necessary, but he, but he visibly rules until that age is completed, okay? Well, unfortunately, the Bible doesn't teach this, okay? Because the two primary passages in the Bible that talk about this, the premillennial view, from, from their perspective, you know, premillennialists, is Revelation 20. That's what everybody bases their view on, when, you know, whether they're all-mill, post-mill, whatever. But the other primary place is Ezekiel 40, through 48. Now, here's a problem. When you go to Ezekiel 40 through 48, you don't see a heavenly Christ. All you see is this earthly prince. Now, the reason this crashes, crashes, collapses, destroys all prophetic belief systems, which are called eschatologies, is because the Bible actually teaches that there's a significant epoch of redemptive history where this heavenly Christ is not there, but instead at the center of things, and this is the new Moses figure in Hosea 1.11, this is the Elijah figure in Ezekiel 17.11, excuse me, Matthew 17.11. You can develop a different theory. You can say the prophet's different than the prince. But um, in this epoch of history, Bible prophecy is centered around him. I mean, he's all over the place. Once you figure out who David is, and you start looking around and go, now hold it here, he's in, uh, he's in Isaiah, he's uh, mentioned repeatedly in Jeremiah. And um, <clears throat> the Bible has a lot to say about him. And the reason that all of these prophetic systems are false, they need to be radically restructured, is brace yourself. They don't say anything about him. Okay? So I believe that God is going to do what he's done before. He's basically hiding his plan. Even though he reveals it in Scripture, the Holy Spirit has to illuminate people's minds, and we know this. To understand what he's already revealed, in part, and um, God is not doing that. And uh, you, can, you can use evidence apart from Scripture to infallibly prove that God is, um, appears to be punishing his people uh, by withholding knowledge from them. 
And the way you prove that is that you, you talk about, you know, chemtrails, uh, the true nature of wars, uh, things like uh, chemotherapy, which are killing Christians in local churches in mass. Because they don't understand what chemotherapy is. It's deadly radiation. And uh, as a general rule, you can pray for these people all you want. They end up dead like six months later. Yep. We've talked about the artificial night sky. <clears throat> That's the infallible proof that if you, you can go out and see this yourself any night, all of these quote-unquote stars in the sky are moving. They're drifting around. They're bouncing up and down. So this is infallible proof that the artificial night sky is, is completely and utterly fake. And uh, this means that NASA is fake. It means that all of our inst- earthly institutions, like you know the Mormon Church, the Vatican, they're completely and utterly uh, untrustworthy for the simple reason that none of the institutions are addressing this. And this is something that anyone can see uh, every night. Uh, they never take it down, as far as we know. And it's been up there since at least 1997 when I first saw it. So what this does is this infallible proof that we live in a, a system of control. You see that? And so in a system of control, you're not going to trust the popular view of Bible prophecy that's rolled out there. You're going to be highly suspicious. Most Christians historically have traditionally been very naive. But in the big picture, you've got to ask yourself this question. Why isn't God helping people to understand that chemotherapy is going to kill you why doesn't he um, illuminate more pastors of what the heck a chemtrail is? Because they, they don't, in general, I mean, they don't even know. You know what I mean? They think that t- taking pharmaceutical drugs is a good thing for you. Uh, no, it's not, because um, you're going to become a drug addict, and your doctor's not going to tell you that. And most of these doctors are drug addicts themselves. If they're over, like, 50 years old, there's a good chance they're on, on these drugs. And the doctors, they do not take you off these drugs. I mean, if you go to your doctor and you say, well, I'd like to come off these drugs. Well, first of all, you don't know that you're a drug addict. You're, you're going to find out if you try to get off these drugs. They're all highly addictive, and that's the way they're supposed to be. But your doctor will look at you with a puzzled look of, oh, well, you can't go off the drug. You have to stay on that the rest of your life. But he didn't tell you that when he first put you on the drug. And so a significant majority of these older pastors, they're, they're, they're drugged out, man. And they're just sitting around looking at a, a boob tube, just like most people. Well, they prepare their weekly sermon, and uh, we don't have authoritative voices to lead God's people because they've been taken away. And uh, uh, Isaiah 30, verse 20, prophesies a time when they'll be restored. It says that your teachers will be hidden no more, and God is the one that hid them. And uh, just like he hid the prophet uh, Elijah from his own people, he sent him out to live by a brook, be fed by ravens, and then he <clears throat> made him live with this um, Syrian Phoenician woman, and Jesus actually talked about that. He says that Elijah wasn't sent to any of the widows of, uh, I don't know if you said Judea or something like that, but he, the guy that they needed the most, what did God do with him in a critical time? He hid him away from his own people. That That's a punishment, okay? And... Um, one thing that you can readily assume about God's people in any period of history, they're not thinking that they're under some kind of a corporate punishment. They, they never think that way. They always think, well, we're the ones that God favors. Now, the Israelites thought the same thing, you know, and they found out that um, 
they actually had a higher degree of responsibility than the pagans, and this explains why it says in Ezekiel that Judah is more wicked than Samaria, you know, the apostate northern tribes, but also Sodom, because Jesus said that unto whom much is given, much is required. And Christians are not thinking along these lines. They're measuring themselves against the wicked that you guys were talking about earlier. Well, that's a false standard. Anybody can look good. I mean, you could be just a regular 1950-type uh, guy, you know. I, mean, I actually believe that most people in the 1950s, I hate to say this, they're actually more moral than modern Christians. You know what I mean? This world is so unbelievably corrupt, you know, with all the pornography and stuff like that. Yep. It's just, I mean, you, you can't get away from it. It's corrupting everybody. I'm not even talking about, you know, like porn on a computer. I'm talking about just images of scantily clothed women. I'm just trying to poke around on the Internet, and this stuff is like pursuing me everywhere. It, you know I mean? Hey, let me tell you something. I'm, yeah. I'm just walking around, and somebody puts a phone in my face with a woman doing her thing. <laughs> I didn't ask for that. I didn't even yeah. ask for that. <laughs> yeah, they just push it on you, and uh, that's the thing is that, <sighs> We cannot uh, devolve morally forever. Uh, God has standards, and he has what is called the full cup principle, and that was displayed with history. And when that cup is full, only God knows what is full. Judgment's going to fall. And there's different types of judgment. I mean, I believe we're under a corporate judgment right now, and that's why God's allowing all these things. But we're also still under a Genesis 3 curse, it's self-evident. Just familiarize yourself with the curses in Genesis 3. And despite the fact that Christ went to the cross, these things have not been taken away yet. Uh, but we're also going to have some kind of future punishment, just as what happened with, um, with, with you know, Judah in the first century. Because, see, most people rejected Christ. And that's why God destroyed that... Um, he actually destroyed that religious belief system. He did it in two stages. I mean, you know, he rent, the, the veil was rent in the temple, but then the temple was destroyed in the latter part of the first century, and God abandoned them. And this is what the, this is the argument they try to use in replacement theology. They will, um, God abandoned the Jews, so it's all about the church now. You know, yeah. ignoring the, these promises that God's going to restore them, despite the fact that He abandoned them. And the Bible actually does teach that he abandoned them. It actually uses that kind of terminology in Ezekiel, excuse me, Isaiah 54, where Israel is personified by a woman, and also in uh, Micah 5, 3, where it well, actually says um, <clears throat> God will abandon Israel, and when he comes back to them, there's a sign uh, of a, we can probably assume it's a son being born of a woman, and uh, Christians are not paying attention to this because they're just looking for Jesus in the clouds, you know, a simplified belief system. And people say, well, that was the Virgin Mary in the first century. No, because in the in the first century, the exact opposite happened. That sign it has to do with God returning to Israel. Because remember, he gave them a written bill of divorce. If you understand the law of Moses, it's interesting that a woman cannot divorce a man, but the only way that you could annul a marriage is through a written document. You didn't have to have anything to get married, just the intent of two people. And you'd normally have yep. a patriarch, you know. It doesn't even tell you how to get married in the Bible. It tells no, you how to get married. No, it says that a man a woman. That's it, AJ. Mm -hmm. And divorce, he cannot stand divorce. Yep. 
And so Israel was God's wife, and he talked about how he divorced, you know, the northern tribes. Yep. And uh, it doesn't specifically say that he uh, divorced Judah, but it, it does say in Ezekiel that Judah was more wicked qualitatively than Israel, so you could readily assume that. But uh, that means that they need to be restored, and God's going to take his wife back. And this is all illustrated in the book of Hosea. Because uh, Hosea's wife, Gomer, she personifies Israel, apostate, you know, a prostitute. It talks about spiritual prostitution in the Bible, and that's kind of a difficult concept for modern people in the Western culture to wrap their head around, you know. But it has to do with the basic concept of unfaithfulness, you see. I mean, that's easy to understand, you know what I mean? You're unfaithful to your spouse. Well, that is the way that God portrayed his people corporately. And they have not been restored yet, uh, but they will be. And that's one of the good things about dispensational theology. They actually teach a literal restoration of Israel. But the problem is, like um, like replacement theology, they teach that there's two Israels. And pretty much everybody has bought into this. It's the concept that there's a spiritual Israel, you see. And you never hear the view that there's only one Israel. That doesn't make any sense. You go, What? You know, we're the Gentiles, and it doesn't make any sense. Because they don't understand what's called absorption theology, that anyone could become an Israelite, according to the law of Moses, uh, to circumcision. That's how you converted. And then later, you uh, were, were permitted to intermarry. And uh, so what I'm trying to say is that there is a teaching of Paul about a spiritual Israel, quote-unquote. He's simply talking about the remnant. He's not talking about something outside of Israel, something new, you know, like the Christian church. He's talking about an inner Israel that you never hear anybody talk about. It's a simple principle. He's just talking about the remnant, because the Bible talks about the remnant all through Scripture. So why wouldn't Paul be talking about that? Well, I, I was about, talking about that too, bro. I mean, not, yeah. not maybe about two years ago I was talking about that, where people were feuding how one can claim that they're a Israelite when... It's spoken very clearly. It says that when one accepts him as our Messiah and knows and believes that he conquered the grave, they're grafted within the tree. Uh-huh. What does it mean that you're grafted within the tree? You become the tree of Yisra. Yes, that's right. You you're see. an Israelite. You become a Yehudim. That's Yehudim-er. exactly right. Um, that's a good point. Um, and he was also so known as the telling you that a Gentile can become an Israelite, but see, actually the Gentile word itself is a Latin term, and that's a psyop, because people need to know this. That, I mean, you can just Google this online. Um, I mean, really, if you, look at, if you look at English, if you look at those that would, we all take up now the Greek standard. We're looking at a Greek-Roman calendar. We speak yeah, a Greek yeah. language. We're Hellenistic. Yeah. So who truly are the Greeks? Well, I believe they were Israelites in, in the diaspora. I don't know if you're familiar with that view. But. No, I mean, uh, you look back at Greece and you look at Greece and you see how they were speaking and you see the language they were speaking. Uh-huh. Septuagint, Septuagint Greek, because he went to, the, he was going to go, our Messiah was going to go to the Greeks before he went to the state. And he was talking to them. He was talking to them, you know. And uh-huh. the whole thing is now, now we're so, the people are so spread apart. Ever since Cain, you know, land of Canaan. The, the uh-huh. tribes were dispersed once Canaan was set up. All mm-hmm. tribes were dispersed. 
And now the thing is, like you said, there is no understanding of who a tribal member is. That's exactly no right, because um, you'd have to have infallible proof, absolute certainty of genealogies. And uh, genealogies are one of the most certain things that we have because they're reliable documents. If you go back about a couple hundred years, but if you go back like 800 years, you don't have any certainty at all because you would have to infallibly prove, like I said a number of times, that your family, your family can actually be Illuminati. You don't know it. Or they mm-hmm. could do it just for any number of reasons. They could uh, create forged documents. I mean, people used to do these things because uh, the Jews were being persecuted. It can, it can work in either direction. Um, because I'm actually saying that these people out there that people are saying, well, it's a Jewish conspiracy. You know what I mean? <laughs> these, these people are fake Jews. I mean, you know, I don't believe that the Rothschilds are Jews. So we keep hearing this no. over and over again. But now, here's the thing. Even if they are, you can't prove it because you can't prove any genealogies going back that far in time. You either got infallible proof or you have an unprovable theory. Well, unprovable theories are fine, but uh, they're not going to absolutely determine anything. And you'll see that people believe these things. And so, uh, see, what I'm saying around here is something you don't hear much, but you re- you really can't infallibly prove anything uh, before the 14th century because um, all your information is traveling through a system of control in the medieval era. And basically you're trusting uh, the Roman Catholic Church to, to tell you about the ancient world. And I actually believe that um, the things that we do know, because uh, not everything is fake or anything like that, you know, uh, it's, it said God basically told somebody up high in hierarchy, I think it's actually Satan, that you're not going to tamper with this. And that's why we still have a seven-day week. Yeah, they would they would they would have screwed that up too because um see I'm coming from the view that we don't have reliable uh chronologies because it's all based on the assumption that we know we have absolute you have to have absolute knowledge of a, a starting date. And this is what scholars assume because they don't have a conspiratorial mind. They're not thinking along the lines that, you know, we're tr- see, you're trusting somebody. So at the very least identify for yourself, okay, who am I trusting to tell me about the starting date? Exactly. I mean, there's a chink in every bit of armor that's out there, but if you can at least be guided by the Spirit, pray upon it. Mm-hmm. That should be the ultimate guide right there. So I don't think there's a lot of certainty from the ancient world. And even though I believe that Jesus is a historical figure... I I don't believe that you can prove anything with an ancient text, even though I spent most of my time studying the Bible. I'm not a liberal. This is a deep conspiracist view, which people have not heard, because they don't believe that we live in a system of control, and they're not being sufficiently conspiratorial. So my faith, which is very strong, by the way, because I've made a lot of sacrifices over the years. I've, I've lived in deliberate poverty, in order to study full-time for over two decades. I had to suffer a lot to do that. I believe that was God's will for me to do that. But um, my my faith is not based on the Bible. And that might surprise some people. It can't be, because um, I just said you can't prove anything infallibly with any ancient text. My faith is based on a relationship, and that relationship validates the Bible. To me, it makes it trustworthy, and it's an individual thing between me and God, and I don't have the burden of trying to prove this 
to anybody. Now, the Bible uh, not only advocates but um, implores us to, you know, give out information to people that are genuinely seeking it. We have the burden of trying to do that. But we're not required by Scripture to prove anything to a skeptic, like these atheists, you know, like, prove to me there is a God. I don't have – where's that in the Bible? I mean, this is my religion. Just leave me alone because in my Bible it doesn't, it doesn't talk about that. If you're truly seeking God, then I'll try to help you find him. But I can't prove to you that he exists. No human can do that. Um, Only he will prove to them. Only he will prove to them. Well, you either have infallible proof or you don't. See, people are not thinking right. In Western culture, real quick, in Western culture, when we throw around the word prove, but we don't define it, whether we realize it or not, we're talking about absolute proof. We don't, we don't usually yeah. think that way, you know what I mean? That's no, what we're doing. Uh-huh. Well, how are you going to infallibly prove God or infallibly prove that you had an experience with God? That's a personal thing. So I have a trust relationship with God, and he's communicated to me in various ways that the Bible is um, – it suffers from uh, more corruption than most evangelical Christians would be willing to admit, you know, just through translation alone. I mean, you can't translate any language perfectly in another language, so you're going to have corruption problems right there. But um, it's actually, well, you need to hear me say the opposite. The Bible is the best thing that we have on this planet. You know what I mean? It's the most worthy thing to um, ponder. There's nothing better, except for God himself, his being, you know. That's what the basis of theology, the study of God, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a very liberal view at first, because that's because we have a false view of certainty. It's called epistemology, the philosophy or branch of study that has to do with uh, knowledge and, and knowing and how we can know and how it can be certain. I believe it's false, and I actually believe that it's propaganda from the Illuminati, and they gave this to us in order to get people to trust the Roman Catholic Church. Because when they would make all these pronouncements, they wanted people to believe in them. You know what I mean? And then this modern culture, now they're swinging the opposite way, and they're trying to tell you that there is no objective truth. It's just your truth, my truth. You know, everybody has their truth. There's no absolute truth. That's complete garbage. There's a middle position, you see. And we talk about these middle positions over and over again. And they're so consistent uh, down through the history um, of you know Western culture or development of Christian theology itself, you can see that um, this, these middle positions are so consistently undiscussed that there has to be some kind of artificiality involved to suppress the truth. The unfortunate thing for the Illuminati is they've actually revealed their handiwork uh, through the most provable science, and that's mathematics, because you see mathematical redundancy, but that's okay with them because when they create all this propaganda, they never intended to fool everybody. They're only trying to fool the masses, the great percentage. These these are the people all through history that never do any significant research, so they can be easily manipulated and controlled, and that's why the Illuminati <clears throat> is highly motivated to create a popular view of Bible prophecy. It's basic common sense that they would do that, and they are going to do that unless God prevents them. So let's let's assume that God didn't prevent them in this 
period of probation where he's allowing all this crazy stuff to go on that he did not allow in ancient Israel. I mean, if, if, if the Israelites obeyed God, they, he would not allow them to be sprayed by chemtrails every day up in the sky. Everyone needs to understand that. So why is it happening to us? I'll tell you why, because there's a problem. And the problem is us. Um, we're actually Israel... And God looks at us as like a corporate entity that moves through history. We're personified by a woman. And God is not real happy with us, but we're actually being punished for the sins of our um, ancestors. And people say, well, that's not fair, you know. Well, all humanity is suffering because of what Adam did, if you believe the Bible, unless you want to be a liberal and spiritualize all that. But also it says very clearly in Scripture that um, God will punish future generations for the sins of of their ancestors, you know, to, I don't know, third, fourth generation. That's in your Bible. Some of you go, well, that's not fair. Well, you're saying that God isn't fair. You know what I mean? Well, on the surface of things, it doesn't make any sense. There, There is an explanation for that, but it, it's, it's complex, and it has to do with um, first and secondary causes and the responsibility of God and the responsibility of man. Because I actually believe in the big picture that God is ultimately responsible and actually takes responsibility for this mess that we're in. Because the, the ultimate reason why we're in this mess is, is one thing. God withheld sufficient grace from Adam. This is the reason why anyone, any man sins or doesn't sin. God can uphold any man across the board whenever he chooses to. And this is what Christians believe, because Christians believe that when I go to heaven, I'm not going to sin. Well, if that's what you believe, then you already believe that God can keep you from sinning. You didn't think about this too much. Do you think that God can't do that now? Well, you better believe he can. Do you think he could have done that with um, Adam before there was any sin? Of course he did. So what this means is that God chose not to do that. And what did he choose not to do? He he chose to withhold sufficient grace. Now, Christians go, well, Adam had free will, and... God didn't will the fall. But I've said before that if you choose to do absolutely nothing while you have the power to prevent a thing, then if you you do nothing, then um, you will do it anyway by default because you chose not to act, and that requires a movement of your will. And the Bible says that God has a will. So if you do nothing at all, you still willed it because you made a choice. And that's what God did, and what he did was choose to withhold sufficient grace from Adam that would have prevented him from falling. All he had to do was give him sufficient grace to not fall with his wife, because the Bible says that he was not deceived. Uh, Eve was, and he really sacrificed himself, apparently for the love of his wife. And I believe that he actually knew what he was doing. He basically kind of abandoned everybody. I think he knew what the consequences were. And he chose Eve and uh, <laughs> uh, let us get into this big mess. And that's why the sin was so great. He needed to side with God and abandon his wife with the hope that he could have her back at some point in the future. So he didn't do that. And that's why we're in this big mess. Because... um. He was um, the corporate head of mankind. He represented all of us, and that's all very mysterious. But you actually look at this, the whole thing. It doesn't look like it's fair. And the reason is it's because um, 
you have to look at the big, broad picture, and uh, it expands outward in directions that Christians, um, they're actually not willing to go because Christian theology has been largely codified, and there used to be discussions about these other possibilities, and they're simply not discussed anymore. A lot of the things that uh, the ancient um, Alexandrian church father Origen was talking about, and he had a large following that are called Originists, and they were a major theological camp in post-apostolic Christianity. Well, we don't talk about these things anymore because um, they, they got anathematized. But the thing is, they're not heresies. They're not biblical heresies. These are what's called church heresies. Well, the Roman Catholic Church could call anything a heresy. They used to kill people because they um, ate meat on Friday. That was a heresy. So is, is that biblical? No. Well, that means that um, that they had error. So where is the error? Well, it's all over the place. Anyway, anyone want to comment on any of that? But that has to do with this, you know, alternative view of Israel. What I said earlier. People need to hear that. Just, it's good to hear a contrary view. Because most people are just repeating variations of what I call Christian Zionism. Like I said, there is a biblical Zionism. So that's an example right there. I mean, if that's true, where Satan is creating a false Zionism. Now, my view is that Christi- uh, Hitler was not killing Jews. He was killing false Jews. And uh, this has been largely misunderstood. But the main reason for that event, which was scheduled... Because we can actually prove that they were throwing around the number six million Jews right after World War One. Is that just a coincidence? Of course, that's an occultic number too. And uh, but I believe that the primary purpose of the so-called Holocaust, and I hold to a middle position between the hollow hoax theory and believing what we're told about all that. I actually don't know exactly what happened. I don't think we can know. Uh, just like I said before earlier on the show, that um, we don't know exactly what happened in the Battle of the Bulge, World War II. Even if you were there, you would be confused enough not to have certainty. So you're actually trusting the military to tell you what happened, and uh, they don't they do not do that. Because um, basically all nations through world history have acknowledged in one way or another that, well, we actually lie to you uh, about warfare uh, because it's based on a need-to-know basis, so there's warfare propaganda. And, and you think about this. This is actually justifiable to some degree, but it's important to understand that at least sometimes your government is lying to you, because now you know they're lying sometimes. Okay, now how often are you lying? You know what I mean? Well, when you look up and you see the artificial night sky and all these stars are moving around, which tells you that they're fake and nobody's talking about this, that, that tells you that um, this system that we live in is a system of control, and they have um, they have absolute control over knowledge. And they're not here to illuminate anybody, man. They're here to suppress the truth. And we actually live in a covert slave system, which actually is what they had in the medieval era. They just called people serfs, where the European people were basically white slaves. And you're not supposed to talk about that. You know what I mean? Don't, don't talk about white slaves. And if you do, well, you're a racist, you know. You're saying good things about white people? You can't do that. You know. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> those are things that I've all talked about before. I'm just reviewing them because I have to, because there's like new people here. and uh, We don't do public shows that much. 
So it's a different perspective anyway. I'm a Christian theologian that studied systematic theology. That's what they call it full-time for 20 years. And what's unusual about me is um, I'm also a deep conspiracist. You actually see that in the show notes. And you, don't, you won't see that combination out there anywhere. I'm actually what I call a revisionist theologian because there's been a lot of conspiracies directed at Christianity historically. And so if you consider that possibility, you're going to have to start making some changes because Christians have been largely naive about historical conspiracies uh, directed at them. They're, they're, they're just unaware. I'm talking about organized Satanism century after century. It's like you be you draw a big collective, huh? What are you talking about? You know. I guess they're just supposed to assume that God wouldn't allow something like that. But uh, I'm a revisionist, a theologian, but I'm not a liberal. I believe that the original manuscripts were infallibly inspired, but I can't prove it, and neither can anybody else. I do believe the Illuminati know, and they know pretty much all this stuff. I actually believe that they have the ability, even though I don't believe in time travel, to reassemble frequencies from the distant past. This is just a theory. I'm not even sure if this is true. And because um, the the frequencies are still there. You know, they talk about this in uh, the New Age movement. They call it the Ashkeg record, stuff like that. And uh, I'm not talking about that specifically. I'm just talking about the theory that you could reassemble uh, frequencies and not travel back in time, but actually observe world events. And the basis for this is the Christians need to understand there's more than one type of ghost, okay? Because I believe that um, most ghosts are caused by... Um, it's either demonic projection or it's uh, a demon shape-shifting, okay? Those are two different types of things. But they also have another type of ghost that has to do with an energy signature. You'll see these type of ghosts uh, in the, like, the Battle of Gettysburg. And a classic example that I, that I typically use is talking about like a medieval monastery. And they change the, uh, the floor plan. And so you'll see these ghosts, you know, these monks coming down the aisle... And they, they don't interact with you. The same with the, you know, the Civil War soldiers. They don't look at you. And But because they altered the floor plan, the, the, their, 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 their calves are cut off in their feet, you see. And apparently when you have these powerful emotional events, it produces these energy signatures, Okay. And the reason I uh, I bring that up is because it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. And Christians aren't really thinking about this kind of thing. You know what I mean? In a local church, I mean, they aren't talking about frequency and energy signatures and stuff like that. They're just, well, that's just, that's all new age. I mean, they don't talk about that. You know, when you go to four years of uh, seminary school, there, there isn't enough time. Just like doctors, are, they're not educated at all about any natural health practices or remedies, they just think that's a bunch of hokum. Last I heard at the University of Michigan, they spent a total of 45 minutes <laughs> talking about this and just debunking it. They said, oh, that's just a bunch of you know, hokum. You don't have to worry about all that. You know. That's why doctors don't know, and neither do pastors. I mean, if you, if you say the word you know, UFO to a pastor... He's going to probably roll his eyes or get that knowing smile, but he he doesn't know anything about that subject. And he actually knows it. He knows it. Because he's going to have to, um, 
do research on his own, and because our ecclesiological ecclesiological geez, I can't even talk I've been I've been on here for like eight hours. I'm talking about the subject of ecclesiology. It's a bigger word. Um, our our, our uh, church practice is wrong. We should have a system of elders uh, that have comparative authority. Um, we know the reason we know this is because um, that's who the Pauline epistles are addressed to: is elders, a plurality of people, not a single pastor. So, a single pastors today are trying to do what a group of elders do, and they don't have time. You know, and this is right in the Bible because if you look at the Book of Acts, it talks about you know, they were casting lots to establish the order of deacons, and it says why they did that. To, so that they could, the apostles could give themselves to two things, the reading of scripture and prayer. Now stop and think about this. You know, unless these pastors are, you know, superhuman, you know, like they only tried to sell you on, you know, the, um, the, uh, the super mom back in the 1980s or 1990s. That, that's just <laughs> propaganda, you know. No, pastors can't do this either. It's just a time factor. They don't have enough time. They don't have enough time to study Scripture and educate themselves. They're, tr- they're doing too many things. They're multitasking. And this system, which is false, is created by somebody. And guess who? Do you think they would be motivated to do that? You better believe it. And so I believe that they they did a lot of these things. Like they gave us these false institutions like Sunday school. Uh, you know, it's not in the Bible anywhere. Or the concept of... Uh, a youth pastor. And you got these people running around and say, Well my my faith is based on the Bible. Oh, really? Okay. Well you want to show me the over Sunday schools in there and uh your youth pastor and of course we're gonna talk about where God said I want you to start building church buildings. Because that's not in there either and not one single time does God talk about advocating uh the building of synagogues. Even though um Jesus um appeared in one and read out of the great book of Isaiah and proclaimed himself essentially to be the Messiah based on uh, his reading of Isaiah 61. <clears throat> anyway, um, that's a long rant, and so uh, I should probably quiet down and let people talk. Because, uh, I already talked for a long time earlier tonight. So. Well, I just wanted to bring to light one thing, a few things that you had said before about this um, fake... Uh, star system, I don't know too much about that. I mean, I was reading Enoch and, and Enoch said that we have luminaries and people don't even want to talk about what luminaries are. Yeah, I still believe the you stars know? are there. They're just um, they're covering them up. So, If if even that, I mean, because I, I, I mean, honestly, I've made some very good observations over the past 10 days, about, about a decade now, about how I've seen these lights that are lower than the ionosphere, that are very close to us. Those are the yeah. lights I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. yeah. Those things, and, and I mean, they're moving. Yeah. There you and, go. Now, what you need to do is look at the smaller ones, and they're, too, they're moving too, but all in proportion to their size. Go ahead. But, but then, like, they don't line up to Constellation. That's the yeah. crazy thing that I've seen. They mm-hmm. do not line up to Constellation. And, I mean, I can see Constellations that are distant lights that I believe are his firmament lights. Mm-hmm. But these things that they're they would seem fake luminary. 
I've taken quite a few pictures of them and then gotten certain form shapes from them. Uh-huh. And in some cases, I've brought them to my veteran brothers who are in the Air Force and in the military, and they've seen, they've seen crafts. They look like crafts. Mm-hmm. So whether they're something that's of our creation or a creation of between fallen and, and mankind, um, you know, military, I have a slight, slight leaning towards they're more of, of, of a fallen creation or, as I call it, nephilim because they, they actually transmute, they change shape. I've seen it with my own eyes and with binoculars, these lights changing shape. And the craziest part about it is they have a dark type of aura around them, which makes them separate to the rest of what's going on in the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in Enoch, it tells us that there are his, his lights that are up there, mm-hmm. and they rise for a season. Mm-hmm. So well, I there are stars uh, you can see up there. In, uh, cosmology. That's the cosmology I hold to in the book of Enoch. You know, and it tells us, too, how we've been taught astrology by the fallen. You know, that's the thing. Astronomy versus astrology, there's two different things, two different studies. Yeah, you know know they used to be an overlap in the ancient world. Yes. And that's where the Gnosticism comes. They really have a well-defined concept of astrology like we do today. I mean, most people think that, but... um, yeah, yes, entirely. I, I concur. You know, that uh, they had a better understanding, better sight of it um, than we even have today, even with so-called technology. You know, um, again, we're using, what are we using to see these things? Glass, mirrors. <laughs> mm-hmm. More mirrors. Why do we need mirrors <laughs> to, to see these things? Uh, what does a mirror do? You know, you know, it's like uh, getting a vision that's telling you a vision, you know, um, looking at that. And then before what you would, I, something I did quite find that was pretty interesting was in the book of Adam and Eve, first book of Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. um, is how when they had left the garden, they didn't, they were pushed into a separate area outside of, known as the western side. Yeah, it actually garden. appeared to be subterranean too. Yes, it was. It was known okay. as the, the cave of treasures. Uh-huh. And they had, they were pretty much um, in terror of seeing the night sky. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, and the crazy, and, and this is the most awesome revelation of it is that he had sent the word to comfort them. Mm-hmm. Now, if we flash forward to John, what does he tell us in the first sentence of John one? What does he say? The word was with us, and it was made flesh. Yeah. So what is that telling us? He sent the word to them to to bring them up again, to pull them out of their fallen state. You know, well, I, I've only heard in churches that they don't even talk about the propagation of our Messiah from the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. They want to say that he came about, um, you know, for the New Testament purposes and sake. Because I'm seeing something of the New Testament being pushed more than the Old Testament. Down here in Florida, I see the New Testament only without the Old Testament. And they're going around everywhere, like here at Salvation Army, they're leaving the New Testament. You don't see the Old Testament. You don't see the Old Covenant. You see just the New Covenant. And it's like, is this really happening? <laughs> I can't believe it. 
Yeah, there's a real tendency in Christianity to ignore the uh, Old Testament. Christians have a hard time relating to it, and they view a lot of it as being negative, um, quote-unquote. They can't relate to it. I mean, the book of Jeremiah and Isaiah are pretty large. And, uh, they can't relate to the, the book like Ecclesiastes, and they're just kind of head-scratching their head. And the same with the, you know, the minor prophets. I mean, that, that's a lot of literature right there. And they can't relate to Leviticus. It's boring. I've actually said on this show that Christians won't come out and tell you this, but they actually think God is boring. They won't acknowledge it to themselves. Because I don't want to... Who would want to acknowledge that? But their life that they live weekly tells me that they think God is boring. Because they're, they're replacing God. They're not giving God any quality time. And I mean, I could say a lot of things, but I think their faith is weak. You know, well, there goes my phone beeping. Oh. I charged it for quite a while, so this wouldn't happen, but I'm going to have to shut this down. So. I just wanted to share one thing with you, and if you can, check it out. Um, check up hallelujahscriptures.com, and uh, we're talking about some scriptures that uh, pretty much have restored names. They have been studied by the Qumran texts and okay. uh, have been translated into a great format without the side notes, the way the Father meant them to be read. Well, um, I'm real big on the... Um, you know the Dead Sea Scrolls because that's that's the best we have as far as something as ancient. Our modern Bibles are based on the Masoretic text, which they tell us is from the eighth uh, and ninth century. Well, well, they also have restored the Apocrypha as well. Okay. I, I think the so, Apocrypha should be in the the canon. The Book of Hanok, Enoch, the Book of Yasher, the name and meanings, the Book of Yebulim, Jubilees, the Books of Maccabim. Maccabees, the Matalmanum, the Apocrypha, all restored now and available online. We know what's and, interesting, uh, Eric, uh, and there's a great Wikipedia article on this, by the way. What do you think about Wikipedia? But there's there's a there's a fairly long list of books that are mentioned in the Old Testament. You know, the Book of Joshua is one of them. Yep. And nobody can come along and say that any of these books were not inspired on the same level as anything else. How, how do you know that? You got a time machine, or you have? We don't have enough information about these books, and they don't survive. So how can you make authoritative statements about them? You know, I'm saying they're, I mean they're lost. These are books we would not even include in the, in the apocrypha. You know, there's there's a a pseudo Jasher out there. You know, yeah, I'm assuming you're not talking about that one, but. But this is uh, these uh, scriptures that I'm mentioning are pretty, pretty much the first time that I've felt that I've been drawn to them, um, and uh, I've, I've downloaded a, a little precept scripture of Matthew, yeah, Matthew, and it's without the uh, without the side notes that have been added in all the scripture. Which is you know, Eric, if you thing. just look at the incredible yeah. brevity of number one. Uh, you know, what Genesis 6 says about a very important event, because it tells us very little. But then you have all this detail in the book of Enoch, but, but the Christians have this mindset, well, that's not in the Bible canon. That's not in my Bible. Where The, the brevity in Genesis 6 should be communicating something. That at, at the very least, they had a detailed oral traditions that supported the physical text, because it's just like, well, you already know about this, so we're not going to say much here. I mean, you guys all know about this. I'm just going to mention it in passing, because that's all they do. Another thing, too, is if you look at Genesis 1 through 11, it's intentionally brief. Intentionally. Now, if you go to, like, um, the Book of Jubilees, which is actually called the Little Genesis, 
You'll see mm-hmm. a lot of detail there, just like in the book of Jasher. But we don't have an authoritative um, voice to tell us that, because there could be you know, partial forgeries with those texts. That's the problem with them passing through the medieval era. You go, oh, how are they here? Because we, we lost protection of these texts, you see. And so, but I, I generally trust those things. I'm a little suspicious about some things that I see in there. I think that they have been uh, more significantly corrupted, um, but there's, I mean, they're still valuable. You know, one of the things they're valuable for, if you look at the apocryphal text, it gives you an overall feel for the um, the belief system that they had back then. Now forget about this canon. You know, this is what people believed. Why wouldn't that be important? It, they knew. They knew of. Um, they knew of the, the wisdom of uh, Solomon. They they knew of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they actually knew of it back then, and they knew and they understood when Yahushua had uh, spoken to the people when he was driving out the demons from uh, an individual. When he uh-huh. said there were many, and uh, I mean, I, I was I was studying something on that uh, last night. And it struck me how, how you know, that that's pretty, that's pretty uh, <laughs> profound, you know, that in his time, everybody knew of that particular book and knew what he was talking about when he was driving these uh, wicked detached spirits from the person. Mm-hmm. And uh, they knew exactly what he was talking about, which made him stand apart from everybody. Mm-hmm. And they knew that that was uh, the Savior, the Savior, when he was doing this. Yeah. You know, um that that was irrefutable proof for those people then. Mm-hmm. And it's sad how nowadays we don't even know that. People don't even, couldn't even tell you, you know, I, it, it is sad, man, because and I feel bad that folks don't want to do that walk. They don't want to pick up their pine. They don't want to pick up the stake and you know, do the work and, and, and study. They're not seeking um, knowledge. They're, um, this society is designed to... You're just supposed to accept it being set in your lap, basically, like a package. You don't have to work that hard. You have, do have to get education, but um, you just hang out in the right spot, you know, plug in here, get plugged into your local church. If you're, measuring, if you're measuring yourself, if the standard is measuring yourself against the other guy sitting in the pew, then you think that you're doing okay, but he, he's not doing okay either, and neither are you. Most of you people are just addicted to television and then go to church on uh, Sunday. Well, that's that's what the, the tradition of man that's been mm-hmm. taught. You know, to, you know to, it's interesting. I'm going to say something I haven't said before, but you're addicted to propaganda because that's what it is. Illuminati propaganda. Okay, let's just pray that folks can uh, wake up. Wake awake, sleepers. Yeah. Well, it's great having you on again. Uh, you know, we don't do public shows so much, but shoot, we've been on here for probably eight, nine hours today. Wow. I was away for quite a bit, but uh, uh, Johnny will post this stuff. Hopefully we'll do some more, and um, I like to let people talk and express their opinions. You know, I'm not trying to refute anybody, and uh, I don't really get into argumentation with people, but um, I have a lot of training in apologetics. That was back in the uh, the late 80s and early 90s. But I just have a different perspective now. I'm not like a liberal or or getting feminized or anything like that. I just think there's so much confusion out there that I think it's more important to emphasize commonalities 
Because I believe that this Elijah figure is going to come and set it all straight. Before he does, we're basically just um, all confused, and some of us are less confused than other people. So we need well, to be um, put the emphasis on relationship. I'm not talking about compromise, you know, where you tolerate heresy, because honestly, I believe the Christians should be excommunicated for heresy in a local church setting, because that's a moral fault. Now, this is not happening. We're not excommunicate people for any kind of sin right now. So I'm not liberal on that, but um, I think that people are really confused because I, I believe that God has actually held sufficient grace, and this is some kind of a punishment because it's evident to me that people are confused. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of inroads into Christianity, infiltration down through the centuries. There's a lot of actors and posers and people that we trust that they're on our side, man. And they have created theological propaganda because they were motivated to do it. And after God destroyed uh, the temple and that theocracy, we did not have the same measure of protection. And that includes the Bible. We didn't have protection of genealogies. They used to be guarded in the temple, supposedly. They lost a lot of things, and Christians don't understand this. Uh, we're pilgrims, and um, the Bible does not give us specific information how to... Um, how to live in a, a secular society. It doesn't talk about how to fit into the political system. I mean, my God, you're going to build a whole theology on what it says in Romans 13 there? This is pretty sparse information, you know. It doesn't even tell you in the Bible specifically how to, um, to create a priesthood or establish a theocracy in the Old Testament, just like it doesn't tell you how to do that in the future when these things are restored, if you believe there's a literal temple or if you just believe there's a restoration of Israel. The information is very sparse. It doesn't even tell you, like I said before, how to get married. And this is kind of shocking, but um, Paul does not actually uh, give you any detail about the, the subject of divorce and remarriage. No, he yeah. just says how women should be with the man. And I don't even think there is. When they, are married, when they are together, that they are blessed if they have a child. i got to shut this down, because uh, okay. my woman needs okay. to use the phone. So, uh... And the battery's going dead. I want to just give Father all the praise and glory that he deserves for allowing me to be on the show, and, and thank you for your humbleness and uh, and allowing me to be on your show. Hallelujah. Okay, i got to run, man. i got to shut it down. Nice talking to you guys. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Shalom.